Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. It's indeed the Yorkshire Ripper is dead at the age of 74. That doesn't make the papers, for it happened overnight. The serial killer Peter Sutcliffe murdered 13 women in a reign of terror during the mid-70s to the early 80s. And he died in jail. Now, backstory to his death, apparently, is he died of COVID. Now, um, the prison service won't confirm much more uh, than that, uh, apart from until they say the coroner uh, rules on his death. But he was uh, very, very overweight, suffered from diabetes, had all sorts of heart problems, contracted COVID-19 and refused treatment and is dead at the age of 74. He had a life sentence, the type of life sentence in the UK that means that you never, ever uh, come out of prison. Uh, perhaps you remember it. I, I certainly do. It was in all of the newspapers at the time. Uh, from the point of view of tech and the dissemination of news, it was very limited back then. There was no computer, so different police services couldn't talk to each other and, and stuff like that. But he, he murdered at least 13 women and probably an awful lot more. Uh, so that's a story breaking from uh, overnight that uh, doesn't make the the newspapers. But what does, though, is Leo Varadkar putting his two feet in it again. Um, just when he had been asked about a week ago by Michal Martin to cop on with the announcements and the pronouncements, uh, he's done it again. Inflicted more misery and worry on people where it's not needed at all. Uh, so there's more trouble brewing now, hopefully for Varadkar to get him to shut the hell up. Uh, but certainly with regards to people who are thinking of coming home or pubs that were hoping to open. So the papers this morning say Christmas misery fears, as Leo tells the Irish abroad, don't make plans to come home. At the same time, traders are being left out of pocket after uh, Christmas markets are being axed and the bars are fuming because they're now saying that the wet pubs will be shafted again and that the best we can hope for is uh, maybe restaurants opening as we get closer to Christmas. So we uh, have a front page in the Echo this morning saying home for Christmas. Imagine that should be home for Christmas with a question mark. Uh, mind you, the uh, Travel Association are pushing back, and that's a good thing. So hopefully we'll have some more uh, de- details and calls on that throughout the, the morning. But this morning, the sun says festive holiday warning, uh, not safe to travel, um, and a big blow for family reunions. Bear in mind that a lot of people will probably make the call themselves because there will be flights into the country and perhaps people will be responsible when they come back and do what's asked of them, take a test, uh, you know, uh, limit their movements or even quarantine for, for the five days. But grounded is a story from the mirror today. Uh, what, what we're looking at, the only people that are somewhat more, slightly more positive about it is the mail, where they're talking about a phased exit from lockdown, where there would be two phases. And the second phase of it, say, for instance, by by maybe the middle of December, would allow us to travel between counties. Oh, thank you so much. You're going to let people travel, not between countries, but between counties. Um, and that would be, say, for instance, Christmas week. So that's what they're talking about. The second phase would kick in, say, Monday, December 21st or Tuesday. And that would allow somewhere between level two and level three. I know, confusing, isn't it? But uh, uh, there's a headline in the, in the mail also this morning saying, nobody will be leaving granny on her own this Christmas. Well, with regards to bubbles, hopefully that won't happen anyway. COVID kills the shift. They're trying to determine in 2020 exactly what a shift means. Has it changed? Has the terminology or what a shift actually has changed, say, from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or 30 years ago? Why am I talking about it? Because they were talking about it in the Shannon this morning, or yesterday, where a Wexford senator, uh, and he's making all of the red tops in the front of the mirror this morning, young people are being robbed of getting the shift in nightclubs. 
Uh, and, and what do you want us to do about that? Like open the nightclubs or what? But I suppose what he's saying is we need to bear in mind it's tough on young people that can't get the shift these days. But what, in your opinion, is the shift? Is it still a kiss or a stall? Or is it just kind of like a holding handy jag? couple of Cork terminology, a bit of Cork terminology there for you. The test centre is opening in Cork and Shannon Airport. Will you be able to get a test within a few hours? Will cost you €199, perhaps more on that across the morning. And publicans are back in arms again, livid over this level five restrictions that they were hoping would be eased for December. And now, unfortunately, that's looking a little less likely. Um, Never mind the publicans, but their but their customers. So office parties, um, that's a no no this year, according to Tony Hoolan. As if you needed to know that, like people aren't even gathering in the office. Never mind having office parties and big family get-togethers will not be safe at any time this side of Christmas. Um, meanwhile, all of the COVID cases, particularly in all electoral areas in Cork, are well down. There are other stories making the uh, the papers ba- in Bailey's Open Court for ganja. Ganja. They found cannabis in a tin. And then when they searched the car, they found a couple of rolled up joints. Uh, Ian Bailey says that somebody at, the, at his market in Skull actually gave him the tin of cannabis. And that nurse that I was telling you about in, in the UK, uh, it's an awful story. You talk about the Yorkshire Ripper on one hand, and then you talk about um, uh, this nurse, uh, Lucy Letby. Baby nurse murdered two triplets in a 24-hour spree that left eight babies dead and two of them, uh, two triplets were amongst them. Identical brothers Joseph and Eli Gelder were among the eight ill babies in Neo. Uh, all told, it's alleged that she killed five boys and three girls. I've been telling you about that story early in the week because um, the, the court case is, is ongoing at the moment and the, uh, the details of the case are ramping up. Papers also talk today about uh, the Marina Christmas Market, or at least the Marina Market, which will be spreading festive cheer. It was closed for, for some time, but it's scheduled to uh, reopen again next month. And they're having a big Christmas event scheduled to go along. So that's a bit of positive news, particularly if they can handle the crowds down there. Yesterday, Douglas Village Shopping Centre reopened. I had walked down there yesterday, bought a few bits and pieces and Tesco and and into uh, deals and checked out Marks and Spencers and place like that. But the locals are very happy to see the heart of the village back. And the Echo's got lots of photographs on that. Right now, your electric scooter is technically illegal, although people do ride them. We got one at home and I kind of, and when no one's watching, I take the e-scooter out and I e-scooter up to the petrol station, buy my papers and I e-scooter back home again. But apparently by January, we'll all be allowed to do that legally because of the change in the laws on, on e-scooters. And then Michael Jackson may well be dead. But since his death 11 years ago, have a, have a think as to how much Michael Jackson's estate and his music, even though apparently nobody plays Michael Jackson music on the air anymore. I mean, it's just no-no, apparently. Uh, but his estate and his music has made 1.7 billion euro. So he's got to be top of the dead rich list, doesn't he? That's what his songs raked in in 11 years since his death. 1.7 billion Euro. Um, this Wild Mountain Time movie rolls on. You want to know why? Well, it's because apparently the person that they should speak to before they make Irish movies, the top Irish vocal coach, offered to visit the actors on set in County Mayo to help help them, and he was turned down. He was snubbed. And that's why you've got all of this backlash against these god-awful Irish accents in the new movie, Wild Mountain Time. So, I know we have calls on that throughout the course of the morning. And there's a new machine now, which apparently is better than coffee to sober you up. Uh, apparently, it's a briefcase-like 
size device. Uh, it will help you. You buy. It's not a briefcase, but it must have tech inside it. It's a machine that pumps air with huge amounts of carbon dioxide through a face mask. Face mask, and all of a sudden, it can turn a drunk person into a uh, sober person very quickly. It's modern tech for you, lads. The Neil Prenderville Show with Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to Tesco.ie. Okay, yesterday morning, just coming off the air, I was hearing of these characters that were going around uh, scamming people with these uh, cheap, crappy knives. Uh, not only were they trying to get people to buy it, but they were actually taking money. Uh, from people and uh, you know and, and it was with uh, it was like with menace really because people are frightened there was a, a character uh, came upon uh, somebody on a, a mobility scooter down around Blackrock Castle yesterday actually physically took the money from his wallet and gave him this crappy box of knives and then I started to get other calls before I was coming off air at midday yesterday I just want to return to it this morning because there's all sorts of issues regarding scamming people and theft uh, and fraud uh, that we hear about and some of it is online some of it is physical some involves people calling to your door or what have you but anyway this is from yesterday Padraig good morning morning good Padraig some big pics media um, what do you know about this um, well as you were finishing off there yesterday uh, just happened that someone knocked on my window and tried to enter the van of the advertising screen um, I was just parked across some Barry's and Douglas at the time um, tried to sell me a few knives and I was just asked to listen to you so I said I'd drop Seamus an email and give him my two cents So you were sitting in your uh, Big Picks Media van is it? with? Yeah the LED billboard just opposite Barry Ah okay you, okay so, so kind of mobi- mobile phone. advert I gotcha yeah, okay. That's the one Okay uh, This character rocks up knocks on the window is it? Yeah there was two of them on that side of the footpath um, a young fella and maybe a fella in his 40s 50s Okay and just knocked on the window, but he came from my back, so you know, I wasn't aware of you know, who he was or what he had. Um, then he just on the window, because you know, it could have been some fellow looking for a day's work or something. Yeah. So he put his arms in the window after trying to open it, and he had one of them, you know, the white boxes of the Jamie Oliver news or whatever they're supposed to be. And I just wouldn't entertain him, you know, and... Sorry, there's only like the young fella here who's uh, eager to go. You're flying, I won't um, keep you long. He 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 didn't try to look, open the door. Yeah, go on. He did. He tried to open the door. Um, look, I'm young enough, like, I'm not a big fella, but I wasn't intimidated. But you easily would have been intimidated, you know, if it was someone else, I'd imagine. Um, like, what did he say? determined to do the sale. What did he say? Um, he's just, um, he just asking, do they want leaves, basically? And, uh, oh, how much do you have? I give to you for, you and I was like, look, but I'm in my van there. I was my boss in the car. I was my boss is paying me. I was, at the end of the day, I've not known me at the moment. And then he decided to go away. But like, uh, it was a fairly full-on sales pitch. Very full-on. Yeah, so um, some people could be in- intimidated or frightened by oh, this guy, really. including the elderly person in the mobility scooter down by Blackrock. You don't know how much money oh, you want or anything, no? No, I wouldn't even entertain that. So, accent? Did you pick up an accent? Was he from up the country or at the left Was he local? Um, it wasn't a local accent, but I'm not going to stereotype anyone either, you know? Was he Irish or not? Yeah, he was Irish. All right, well, he's okay. I'd say they're from the Cork area, but I wouldn't say they're native Cork people, like, you know? Okay, so they're getting around. I wonder, is it the same character that's going from place to place? or are they? Because he seems to be moving around to lots of different areas quite quickly. Yeah, well... Like John Do, he was on Black Rock earlier. The traffic in Douglas yesterday was ridiculous. You know, there was loads of cars 
That's because of the village shopping. Okay. All right. Listen. It was a prime spot for them. What? It was a prime spot for them yesterday. Yeah. You know, to okay. approach people, especially with in the buying mood and money in their pockets. Well, it's intimidation, really, forcing people to give over the money. And some of it involves shock tactics, catch them quick off guard. All right, oh, I'll let you get on, Padraig, because uh, your child there will win this battle of conversation, yeah, believe me. I better feed him as well, I suppose. <laughs> I think that helps. All right. <laughs> Cheers, Padraig. Take off. care. Uh, I was in Blackrock in a car park just uh, this uh, last hour. Uh, this is yesterday's program. I heard a man saying nothing, just taking money out of another man's wallet. He gave the man this white box and left him. He was trying to sell something. I went to ask the man, was he okay? This was the man in the mobility scooter from yesterday. And the man in the scooter was clearly shocked and said, nah, he caught me. He took my money. I did report it to the guards. Please make people aware of this. He came to my car as well. I can tell you he's one big man. Uh, keep those texts coming and those sightings because I think there are other texts from different areas as well as that. Can I give a big shout out, please, to a big 70th birthday uh, event today? And that's for our lovely mother, Margaret Geary in Black Rock. Give a big shout out on your show today, Friday the 13th. See, good things do happen on Friday the 13th. People have birthdays. It's her 70th birthday this Sunday. Loves your show, dedicated listener. We're unable to have a party for her, so it would really make her day. Many thanks, kind regards. So happy birthday to Margaret, particularly from Sarah, Amy, Charlie Geary and grandson John. Happy to pass that on. Lines are open at one 104 You can text 0868104106. And it's an important day for texting because it's a free food Friday with Oak Fire Pizza. We have more than one winner of free food Friday these days because everything's changed now. Okay, so we have lots of different vouchers and stuff to give away for people. Uh, but you need to text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. And we have large pizza vouchers to give away at your convenience and you can uh, redeem them then at Oak Fire Pizza and they're of course based at different locations, Princess Street in the city, Clonakilty and Bandon. So text who you are and where you are to 086-814-106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, well, people mightn't want to categorize people by virtue of their background. Uh, here's one that actually does clarify it a little bit more. I've been confronted by these characters selling these knives in the Tesco car park in Mallow. I got the registration and I sent it to the guards. They really tried to intimidate an elderly woman. I went over to them, uh, told them to leave her alone. And I can tell you they are travelers dressed in suits, hair gel back like businessmen. Don't give up my own details, but I did report it to the guardies, so it's fairly widespread. Intimidation and shock tactics and catching people by surprise. Uh, that's horrible. I mean, that's the lowest of the low. Why would you want to make a living doing things like that? Anyway, today is Friday the 13th, and to a large extent, uh, it's just any other day. Um, I say that now, and I'll probably uh, wish upon me all sorts of calamity at some stage today, but <laughs> it's all about fear, really, isn't it? It's all about apprehension, and we have this herd-like mentality when it comes to Friday the 13th. But what about good things uh, that happen on Friday the 13th? I've got some nice prizes across the morning uh, for anybody that can share their own Friday the 13th experience. I, I mean... I'll take the calamitous ones all day long, don't get me wrong, but a good mix of stuff would be handy. Text 0868104106. It's been widely accepted that Friday the 13th brings bad luck. Any truth in our fears? Any strange encounters when it comes to the day? Um, there's more than once a year, actually, that we get Friday the 13th, so they're a right bloody nuisance, I can tell you. Anyway, that didn't seem to intimidate Sarah. Sarah, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, because this is... Thank you for coming on. Fair play to you. This was You're back welcome. in March, wasn't it? 
Yeah, we. I was meant to actually get married on Friday the 13th and I laughed because when, when Brenda was on to me this morning I went to bed last night going, Jesus, tomorrow's Friday the 13th and I thought back and I was like, oh my God, because the last one we were meant to get married on Friday the 13th now the wedding didn't go ahead um, about six, seven weeks before we cancelled but that wasn't because of COVID or anything we just cancelled and the relationship ended but I remember when we booked it and everyone was like you're off your game or you know you'd meet people and they'd be like Friday the 13th and you know everyone was like you definitely got it cheaper I was like I oh I was going to ask like, you that question there must be a no. discount for that no and everyone was like Friday the 13th you'd have did to you, but I remember did you not like, ask for a discount for that day no I did not no <laughs> well, I tell you the truth behind it right the actual re- whole thing behind it was um, that week was Cheltenham week and my dad would be big into horse racing and I remember saying to my mum would my dad get on because Friday the 13th was actually Gold Cup Day I think would my dad get on now if he swapped me up the aisle on you know, Gold Cup Day because he's normally in the pub for it <laughs> and she started laughing she's like don't take that into account now and I was like I won't and then sure it didn't happen anyway so it made no difference but look to be fair I remember when, when it was cancelled everyone was like ah, but sure, what did you expect Friday the 13th come on Sarah and you know taking the mickey out of it and stuff like but sure I don't know is it a case of conspiracy or was it just the way it happened but if we had gone ahead like if the whole thing like if everything was playing sale and it went ahead like that day was the day the, the restrictions were first put in you know like we got two days notice of when the restrictions were going to be put in yeah. so the day like if I had gone ahead with it we'd just say things worked out like I would have had to cut the list like from 240 down to 100 because they had ma- uh, capped at 100 that week I know um, they were happy mad, days when you like, think of the 25 now know, yeah. 100 100 is a big crowd back then <laughs> it is yeah 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 so Friday yeah, the 13th you never gave it a second thought I'll get married on that day I don't care no, it's just another I, day you know what as I said it was like that was a kind of a significant week anyway um, at the time at the time clearly but um, it was a significant time and I was like Eric we'll just go with it and I would be kind of Eric I'd be fun enough I'd be like Eric should walk go wrong like hindsight's <laughs> great and like you know what I mean come back at a wedding numerous yeah. things could go wrong oh <laughs> uh, I know and everyone kept it but it's funny like I was saying to Brenda you know like even afterwards you'd meet people in Duns and Blackpool and stuff and they'd be saying how about the wedding maybe it goes cancelled and even up to a couple of weeks ago a girl stopped me and said to me and I was like oh it's cancelled and she said over Covid and I was like no no it was like other reasons and then she's like I'm sure Friday the 13th what did you like she was surely going to go and I was like god <laughs> drew it on my oh, I draw my these things on myself anyway like but oh, yeah it was god. funny now funny to look back now it wasn't at the time but now it's great to look back well I, I would have loved if you'd gone ahead with it on Friday the 13th just to see if you managed to get through it safely but that's for, that's for another Listen, are you, are you, you know, I know you have other aspects to your life. Amongst them is fit and flab to fit and fab. Um, fit, sorry, fit and flab you know to what? fit and say, fab. I've, I've even cut that out. I'm just Sarah Burke now on Instagram. I just cut it out because it was too long. People were down the street going, fat and flab. And I was like, okay, let's change it. <laughs> you know? But you clearly lost a fortune of weight though. Yeah, look, I lost, I lost only eight stone. I'm up a stone now in the last year. But as I say, I keep saying to people, it's a mix of what had happened and everything else. But I, like, I've maintained through two lockdowns, like so. Good for you, and you'll get that down again. So yeah. the extra stone has nothing to do with potato pies, no? 
Oh no, come here, I was laughing the other day when you were on air and you'd on the lads with, uh, from the chipper about the pies and um, I had done up a Slimmer's pie, like a Slimmer's cheese and onion pie and uh, it's actually on my Instagram and um, I couldn't stop laughing because when you were talking about it I was like, the mind that, they need to talk about the Slimmer version but like the amount of people need, like that have been on to me about these pies are like, it's divine, it's like the chipper but it's healthy, like completely, utterly healthy. Ah, well let, like, me, spend, so let me spend 60 seconds on this, has it got potato on it? It's got potato, it's got cheese, and it's got onion. And do you deep fry it? No. Ah. Bake it. But <laughs> I promise you, I'm going to actually, someday now, inside, I'm going to come in and give you one of the chipper burgers that I make. Um, I make a chipper burger with the cheese and onion pie. Oh my God, my uncle would be finicky, and he actually rang me and said, I'll collect another one of them there tonight off, yeah? Because he instead of going to the chipper, I know he's coming to mine to collect it from my house and then go down home and have it. Oh, what? what is it? It's a burger? It's a chip, yeah, I've made, like, the um, son of a bun fair place and they come up with fantastic burgers, but obviously when I'm trying to slim down to the hardest choice, like, to go in and have burgers or eat out and stuff, so I came up, I, I remade their version of the burger, basically, on a Slimmer's version, um, but anyone that has ever had it is like, oh my God, you just don't feel, you know, the kind of way like that if you're eating chippers and all that kind of stuff, you could kind of, after a while you kind of feel a bit sluggish from it, so it's a healthy version yeah, of Yeah, but it's, it's kind of worth it as a treat every now and then, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, like I'd a have proper it once chipper. I'd have it once. Oh, the chipper. Oh, jeez, yeah. I love the chipper. As I said, <laughs> I might be a slim and world consultant, but to the day I die, I love my food. Well, okay, I'll try that whenever you're ready. But I have to tell you, in spite of you laughing and scoffing at me, right, I have managed yeah. to sort out every single part of that hamper that is going to the UK, to Surrey. Okay. Um, I've got every single part of it. I have got the spiced beef organized. I have got the cheese and onion crisps organized. I even have the turkey and stuffing crisps organized. I also have the the marshmallows, the chocolate marshmallows organized. What else was I supposed to do? And I have the potato pies on hold from Murphy's Chipper. So I'm ready to go. It's just too early to send it to the UK now because the chipper the bur- the potato pies wouldn't last. So um I'm I'm all I'm already we well Seamus Whelan pulled it all together in fairness to him. So it's gonna be one happy family in the UK or one happy daddy in the UK. Am I forgetting anything? That was all that we're looking for, wasn't it? Was there more? I think that was it. That was it. There were a few slimming world bars there, wouldn't go straight as well I'd throw them in. Be my guest. Why not? <laughs> I'm assuming Tom Durkin's box is big enough to put all this stuff in, but <laughs> Bring it in. <laughs> anyway. All right, come back to me with the, with your, your slimming burger then, all right? And we'll talk again. I will, I will, Neil. Thanks a million. All right, Have Sarah, cheers. Day. You too. Oh, Bye. Bye. Bernadette, good morning. Morning, Neil. Ah, that's incredible. Is there a wedding today? There is. My sister Claire is getting married today. Claire O'Brien is getting married to Gary Murphy. To, from Cove, where there's 25 of us heading to Milton today for Claire's wedding. I'll be darned. Um, On Friday the 13th. The 13th. I know. I know. <laughs> when she told us, when she told us she was getting married, we were all excited at the start of the year, start before COVID. So there was a hundred of us to go and then COVID put a stop to that and we were down to 50 and now with the other lockdown, she was down to 25 and we were saying, is she going to cancel it? What is going to happen? But no, they're going ahead with it today and they have uh, they have a little girl, Lucy, and she's their flower girl today. Why so we're all excited, all excited today. Now, I hope it will be a great day for them because, you know, they put so much effort into it and so much organisation. But 
we're going to make it the best day we can for Claire and and, and talk to me about how the day is going to go. Is there a church part of it? No, they're getting married in Milton Park. It's all happening in, in the Milton hotel. Park. Yeah. And there's going to be, like I said, 25 of us. They're getting married there. Um, and who are, and, and who are the 25? All close family or what's the deal? Oh, um, just sisters and partners and um, okay. our mother and father, God rest their soul, are in heaven. And um, Claire's are Gary's mother and father and just sisters and partners. And like we're a big, Claire's family are a big family and we're very close and we love if there's something happening that we, we'd all go to. I know. And so you have to say, you have to make the tough, they have to make the tough decision to cut people back. But everybody's so understanding. So we have a wedding today on Friday. The and it will tell me about getting the old hair done or, or the nails or. Oh, she's doing that herself. She's doing that herself. Now, <laughs> I've done uh, a DIY job on my fake hand, but it's. Uh, <laughs> different story and um, I'm no, sure it's doing, fine she's doing all that herself um, what you call it we just took it all on board and we're just so there will be 25 of you that will then sit down to a meal like there'll be no meal, music yeah. or band five or de- five nothing tables, five tables she's there Claire and Gary and their witnesses are going to be kind of in the middle and the four tables then will be around them. She's having no tap table and she just wants us all to be, you know... Um, uh, you kind of, yeah, nice and cosy and amongst each other, yeah. Nice yeah. and cosy, nice and cosy. I just hope it will be just a magical day for them because they truly deserve it because, believe it or believe it not, Gary's only out of hospital since uh, Tuesday. Um, he was in hospital for over a week. No, we don't know what it was. He was trying to plan to get away, but look, we got him. We got him back on track. And, you didn't. Uh, you didn't. You didn't catch him at Cork Airport or anything like. No. 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 He, no like he. He's, he's a willing. He, he's he a willing participant. He left us in an ambulance, and I said, "This is it. No, he's gone. He's gone. He's not coming back." But no, he came back. He turned around and he came back. Delighted. Delighted. Yeah, All right. So we're having, we're looking forward to our day today. And on behalf of myself and all my sisters and my brother, we just wish them nothing but the best of luck today. All right. Because they're, they're amazing. They're amazing couple and they're amazing to their children. And we're just. So well said. Thanks, Bernadette. Enjoy the day today. Our sister Claire marries Gary at Middleton Park Hotel on Friday the 13th. Steph, good morning. Good morning. There are other people getting married. You are, and I've there even more than... Uh, actually, no, it's friends of yours are getting married today. Who are they? Uh, Sinead and Esther are getting married in Bank Yard. <laughs> no, just move around a little bit there because you're breaking up a little bit. It's a bit muffled. Yeah. So, so Sinead and Esther are getting married today... Um, where? In the Vision Centre in North Main Street. Oh, what a fantastic spot to get married. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, my God. I mean, have they, do, like, have they changed the Vision Centre around to facilitate them? Or what, they um, did a I bit of decorations? They have done their own decorations and stuff like that. I know they they have been planning for a long time. <laughs> um, and they were supposed to be getting married on the 13th of June. But obviously, with the restrictions in, they couldn't. So they're not at all bothered by Friday the 13th either? Uh, no, um, they're two very awesome, amazing individuals. 
and I don't even think Friday the 13th phases them. I think they're actually quite excited. <laughs> That's an amazing place to be because no matter how much I laugh or mock Friday the 13th, you know, way down in the dark recesses of your brain, you still have mm-hmm. this worry and fear that, well, it's got to be Friday the 13th for a reason. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, in saying that, like, my birthday is on the 13th of December and you, like, it does fall on a Friday occasionally. So, like, <laughs> Nothing you can I do have about that. experiences of Friday the 13th. So. Good ones or bad? Good. All good. Really? Yeah. Any spring to mind? Don't mean to put you on the spot. Uh, oof. Just any kind of birthday I've celebrated on a Friday the 13th. There's it's never been, been a problem? No, it's just been fun. <laughs> um, after the Vision Centre um, mm-hmm. nuptials, are they going up to the old jail for photographs, is it? They are indeed, yeah. So they're going to have their professional photos up in the old jail then. Inside it or outside? Uh, outside, I, I believe. That's a that's a fantastic backdrop. And then, uh, is there? Are you are you guys going anywhere? Is there a dinner or a party? Or uh, no, no. Um, because you see, know, it was originally planned for quite a large crowd, and it was very difficult for them to whittle it down to the twenty five. So it's been like they have large families, and the fact that they included some friends as well, you know, they made some serious choices. And I've nothing but love and respect for them because they've had so many ups and downs with it. Even before COVID, like there was their venues are being cancelled for the afters and stuff. And they just they just kept going, you know, and they kept picking themselves up and be like, it's fine. And the most important thing for them today is that they get to say, I do. They've been waiting a while now. Well, they've waited long enough. Get it done today in spite of it. Oh, they're excited. <laughs> in spite they're excited. of the date and the day, get it done. <laughs> and good luck to both of them. Lovely story. Thanks, Thanks, Steph. On behalf of your friends, Sinead and Esther, take care. Text 0868104106, Friday the 13th. There's a load of people getting married today. Loads. Um, Here's an interesting one. I was supposed to have surgery today, but I rescheduled because there isn't a hope that I'd go under the knife on Friday the 13th. Um, Love the show, says Mary. Well, it wouldn't really be a problem for you, but it would be maybe for the surgeon as to how suspicious he was or she was with regards to the date. Slip of a knife or something. Uh, Anyway, I don't mean to freak you out. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Bad day. Somebody got a 150 euro fine Friday the 13th. I'm looking for help. Maybe you're listening. I got a litter fine for 150 euro. What an awful thing to come in the door on Friday the 13th. Litter fine. 150 bucks. I was putting clothes into a clothes bank, but I could not fit the second bag in. So I placed it next to the unit. The unit had no visible sign to say it's a littering offence. I've sent you a pic. Yes, you have, in fairness to you. Um, the unit had no visible sign saying it's a littering offence to leave the clothes outside the clothes bank. Uh, there was no, there was a sign, but it was on the side of the unit that you can't see unless you went looking for it. I only discovered this after I went to look after I got the fine. I sent you a second pic. Yep, and I can see. Um, uh, somebody else is also doing what you did and left loads and loads of bags of uh, of clothing. I assume that that's all clothing. I hope it is. I mean, it could be bags of cans or bottles or something. Anyway, as I came from the side where you park, you can see what my view was. Um, and it, there are signs on the bottle bank, but I took no notice of those because I wasn't using them. I appealed this fine, but I was unsuccessful. I think if I went to court, though, I might have a case. Well, you might, and that's always the gamble. What you'll be saying to the judge is that the clothes bank was full. 
couldn't put the second bag of clothes in, so I left it next to the unit and there was no visible sign to say it's a littering offence. Um, whether the judge, it'll depend on the judge, it'll depend on the day, it'll depend on the photographic evidence you bring. You might well win it, you might not. And if you lose, you'll have to pay the fine. Will you have to pay costs for the city or the county council on top of it? I don't know. It's a gamble. Has anybody ever done that and actually gone to court and said, sorry, I didn't see it. I didn't see the, the sign. It's not visible from the front. It's on the side. Maybe they have, but Friday the 13th, 150 euro fine. I have seen other people send me screen grams of photographs that were sent to them by the county council because they left bags. Sometimes it was bags of clothes. The more recent one was bottles and the bottle banks were full. They left them down on the ground by the bottle bank. But of course, there's cameras there um, and they took photographs of the individual involved and they took photographs of the reg of the car and they posted them the fine. And just for the sake of this, said, listen, here are the photographs as well where we caught you doing it. So pay up and don't do it again. Uh, of course, it would make an awful lot more sense if the bottle banks and the clothes banks were opened a little bit faster. But anyway, that's a Friday the 13th for you. 150 euro litter fine. Sophie, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Another Friday the 13th marriage. Is that right? It is, yeah. So my brother Thomas, he's getting married to Helen today at half one in, in a Shannon House hotel. Oh, a beautiful um, spot. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose originally there was bigger numbers. It was never going to be a huge wedding, around 50, I believe. Um, and this was planned months ago. Originally, we were all due to go to Kalani for the wedding. Um, but due to restrictions, it was cancelled, then back on and cancelled and rescheduled. And they were very lucky um, last minute to get in a Shannon House hotel. So the ceremony is happening in the hotel today. And then we're staying um, for a meal and celebration. And, and also, um, the grounds are just gorgeous. Yeah. They really yeah. are. I've, I believe, I believe I've never been. So have you never been? Fingers crossed, never been. Fingers crossed, this, the rain stays away. We have Well, let me, let me tell you, the grounds <laughs> in the Inner Shannon House Hotel are absolutely second to none. You're on a much better bet there than Killarney. No disrespect to our yeah. Kerry Cousins. <laughs> and on top of that, the food in the Inner Shannon House Hotel is fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm we talking heard, from experience. Really it's looking fabulous. forward to it. Yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. So, so how yeah. how they, how did they whittle it down from fifty to twenty five? I wonder. Oh, I'm not sure. Very hard decision, I would imagine. Um, there is actually about twenty two of us, and it's just immediate family, parents, siblings, and partners. Um, so it's been unfortunate, of course, there's certain extended family and very close friends that haven't been able That's to be the invited. Way of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is Friday that th- is mm-hmm. yeah next year a bigger party? Is it? Yeah, both yeah. the plan. Yeah. And can yeah. I ask you, yeah. is Friday the thirteenth an issue, or any of you suspicious? No, no. I suppose we kind of giggled, um, thinking, oh, Friday the 13th. But no, none of us would really be suspicious when it comes to dates like that. Um, so no, I think at this stage, they're just really looking forward to the happy day and everybody coming together and something positive and something to enjoy, considering the situation we're in at the moment. Um, so no, Friday the 13th was never an issue. Tom so. and Helen get married today. You got an incredible yeah. name, Sophie Atkinson Hall. Yes. (laughs) I went double barrels when I was married. Um, But I must say, with the double barrel, it has caused an awful lot of confusion. Why? (laughs) Sometimes it would be easy. 
I don't know. I think the spelling um, and also things like my bank account, I've never changed to my full married name. So I have to remember, what do I have as my maiden name and my full name? And I'm married 15 years now, so I really do need would you, to. Would you recommend it? I'm asking this question because it's somewhat personal to me. I think if we had our time yeah. over again, um, it yeah. probably would make an awful lot more sense to my son and daughter to keep my to take my name, but my wife's name as well. We often talk yeah. about that. Yeah, um, I do like to have the double barrels. Um, it's nice to kind of carry on the family That's name. That's the thing, um, yeah. yeah. There's no harm in it, like. No, no, it's not. It just depends if you've got to look at the two surnames. Do they work well beside each other and are they going to cause any issues with spelling or anything in the future? Um, like like one of the workplaces I worked for before, they misspelled Atkinson and it caused all sorts of hassle with my IT connection and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, but that's just people who can't anyway. spell. But it's a nice thing from the point of view of holding on to somebody's family name yeah. rather than you yeah. losing it forever, you know, your children keep it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the reason we kept it. Um, just thought it was nice to keep the family name and, and have both surnames in the family, which you, is important. To I, I think so. I think so. Maybe people mm. might think about that. Uh, do, you don't think that you run out of space when you're trying to sign an official document? I do, because my name's quite long, but yours is much longer. It is, but then I... I generally sign just Sophie A. Hall. I don't do the full Atkinson Hall because I am caught for space. Um, but it depends. But yeah, a lot of the documents where it's gridded, you definitely don't have enough space for all the characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Covered a lot of ground in this conversation. You weren't expecting yeah. that, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you get on. Who's doing the hair today? Oh, we're all doing it ourselves. We've, we've become budding hairdressers and makeup artists in the family. We've had no other choice. So um, I'm actually, I'm just literally coming out of the garage. I just got the car washed. I've got to have that nice <laughs> clean. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to head home. You'll get stuck. Be- You'll get stuck behind a tractor now or an Arctic on the that way down to Shannon, and the car yeah, will be yeah. mucked up again. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, I tried. I tried. <laughs> All right, it's the effort that counts. Have a great day today, Sophie Atkinson Hall. Thank you so much. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, thank you, Verna. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Oh, how are you? We have a birth on Friday the thirteenth. Is it? Yeah, she was born uh, in seventy four. On on Friday the thirteenth, uh, exciting day. Yeah. Uh, this is in Germany, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. On a, on a yeah, very Germany. snowy day. Oh, we had snow on that day. It was unbelievable. We we didn't have that much snow for years before that, and after that as well. I so, mean, it was unreal. So when your wife went into labour on that day, Angela, the yeah. snow was. A foot or two feet high, and oh, yeah. she's in labor, and you're trying to get her to the hospital, is it? Yeah, yeah, in the car, and it was unreal going from where we lived to the hospital. It was a, a good bit away, you see. So the snow on the road, and there was some journey that, that night or that afternoon. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely to, t- to think back, you know what I mean? It was Friday the 13th. It was never a, a bad day for us, really. And were so, you aware of it being Friday the 13th upon that snowy day? Oh, of course. I mean, she was pregnant. I mean, wouldn't you be, uh, be aware that you... <laughs> no, but I'm just wondering, did you know it was Friday the 13th and you're trying to drive in two feet of snow to the to the hospital? No, no, not at all. It wasn't in my head at all. <laughs> was it your first child? Thing. No, yeah, it was the, Alexandra was my first child, uh, our first child, yeah. Super and Christian so. was the second now. And uh, we have two, yeah, a pair. 
and we're very happy with them. And Friday the 13th um, was your birth, was 1974. Um, yeah. Have any of the birthdays fallen on a Friday the 13th? Well, there was a few, I would say. Uh, I can't remember now. I mean, I would have to lie, i say three or four. But, but you won't ever forget it because the other, it yeah, was yeah. the date that your daughter was born. Lovely story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and did you yeah. move here then many years later, was it? Yeah, I was in the German army and I finished the German army after eight years in 1980. So there was only one thing to do. We, we, we left Germany to come over here bought a house and we stayed until 1987 and uh, I was on the supply boats to the oil rigs as a cook and uh, the dollar went down so there was no more drilling for oil yes so we went we went back to Germany then until 2001 and came back then and we're here since and I mean I'm retired now and Angela is nearly retired uh, and we will stay now. I mean, we have a house here. And are you in West? Are you in West Cork, Verna? No, no, we're down in Cove. Okay, okay. And wh- yeah. why did you pick yeah. Ireland? You just fell in love with it, or you just visited and fell in no. love? No, Angela is Irish. Angela is from Cove. Oh, that'll do oh, it. Right. You yeah. moved to Angela's homestead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you were on the oil rigs, rigs as a chef. That must have been tough work in very bad weather, was it? Well, <clears throat> I had good days and I had bad days. I mean, it was a, a fantastic job. I mean, we were, I was on for four weeks and was up for four weeks, you see. I worked six months in the year, if you if you like to see it like that, you know. And it was fantastic, it was very good, but it didn't last that long, you know. It only lasted four years. And but you were on an oil, an oil rig for how many weeks on and how many weeks no, off? Oh, I was on the boat, on the ship. Oh, bringing, yeah, so it's the, the guys. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's the guys out in the oil rig really had no contact because that would have been in a time when there was no mobile phones. There was no Wi-Fi. There, you know, there was nothing. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Only uh, uh, an ordinary phone, and they had to uh, uh, pick a time and write down a time when they want to ring, and the phone was ready for them. Then you see. I know. Different but we times. were going in and out, in and out, and I was within the four weeks. I was on a good few days where I could go home at night, you know, and go back in the train. Up from, <coughs> sorry, up from Cove then to Cork in the morning and start my day then, you know what I mean? Lovely, lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. Great story. We covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. Your time in yeah. the German army, your time working uh, supply yeah. boats to the oil rigs and the birth of your beautiful daughter, Alexandra, on Friday the 13th, and 1974. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we won't forget Christian or something. And That's Christian, you're so. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely talking to you, Vernon. Mind yourself. Okay, thanks, Neil. Sure. Take care. Yeah, Lines open 1 850 You can text 0868 104 Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. More on this after 10 and lots more besides. But regardless of the day or regardless of the weather, uh, postal workers still are out there every single day and on post at the moment is absolutely hammered with business. I would think that Unpost is making an absolute fortune and I bet you that they regret now closing the sorting office in Little Island because they are absolutely hammered and there are delays now with deliveries, particularly at the courier side. No 
no blame at all for the couriers or those themselves. It's just the huge sheer volume that they're dealing with. Anyway, Aaron says, I have been having my morning scroll through Facebook and I came across an article about on post uh, being behind on parcels and post due to level five restrictions. Yeah, it's a, it's that, but it's just the volume of stuff. And of course, the cork aspect of it was shut down. Well, one part of it anyway. Anyway, the amount of rude and ignorant comments about Unpost shocked me. Post people never get any thanks. They're the frontline workers through the pandemic. Not once have we stood out and clapped for them or lit candles in our windows for them in this whole pandemic. They're up at half four in the morning, sorting posts before the delivery. They're in Saturday. They're in Sunday, not getting paid. Why aren't they getting paid? Sorting letters and parcels for the following week so they don't fall behind because the amount of parcels due to level five with most retail shops shut for Christmas shopping. Uh, everybody is panicked buying online. They've called to the elderly and the people are living alone. So they've some company and aren't alone all day. They're even picking up shopping for these people. They're doing little messages for them all in their own time with no thanks. It's not just this pandemic they're out. They're out in all weathers all year round. Storms, severe frost and snow. They get no days off for any of this. They deserve a thank you. They deserve a round of applause for what they do all year. Not just during this pandemic, says Aaron. Well, let me be the the first to give him a round of applause on that one. Back after 10. And you can text 0868104106. We'll do some free Food Friday shout-outs in about 10 minutes' time. So at this stage, you should be texting who you are and where you are to 0868104106. It's your opportunity to win some pipe. Well, the vouchers won't be piping hot, but we'll send you vouchers to get piping hot pizza from Oak Fire Pizza. Okay, so that's... Uh, uh, in about 10 minutes time, the first of the shout outs. So get texting. Listening. Good morning, Neil. Uh, this is Emma. She says, listening to your text about the littering fine. Uh, my husband got two 150 euro fines a few weeks apart in Balancholic. Two of them at 150 a pop. The two fines, incidentally, arrived in the house on the same day. Could you imagine that? Never mind your Friday the 13th. Imagine one day, the morning. I hate post. By large, it's bad news, isn't it? Nobody writes letters anymore. So usually it's people looking for something, usually money. So two fines arrive on the same morning. 300 euro worth of litter fines. Uh, we have heard of loads of people getting caught in the same place, Balancholic. And we are now convinced more than ever before that they're leaving the bins full to the brim regularly so that you cannot fit clothing into them. Then, unsuspect, unsuspecting people like my husband, who just wants to recycle and do their bit for the planet, unsuspecting people like my husband, get caught. In our opinion, it's a total scam, and the council need to be called out on it now. It's disgraceful. The only people who should be fined are the people who don't empty the bins. It's a money-making scam. I feel your pain. I mean, I have on a number of occasions. I mean, the last time this happened to me was way earlier in the year when you could drive around and travel around. But I remember trying to recycle down in Douglas, not being able to. Everything was just absolutely full. I like to give to Vincent and Paul as often as I can. They were full. The ones next to were full. The next to were full as well. And I think the only place that I could eventually find somewhere that was actually, uh, you were able to just about squeeze anything in, was in a recycling centre in Glen Bay, would you believe it? In Glen Bay. I mean, that's how bad it can be sometimes. Anyway, uh, is it a scam? Do you agree? Text 0868104106. Happy birthday to Betty O'Leary in Waterloo, who said, I'm pension age today. That's a good one. A pension birthday. That's from her daughter, Deirdre, Linda, and all of the family. And Michael O'Sullivan in Dublin Hills, 50 today. And Anne and Gus O'Connor are in touch through everything he's been through 
lost during lockdown and everything. He deserves a big shout out and happy birthday wishes for today. 50 today on Friday the 13th, but I'm sure it'll be a great day for you. Morning, Neil. I'm a postman and I wouldn't like it if people were clapping as I went to work. I would find it a bit cringy. Well, I clapped there just before 10 o'clock. I can't take it back, but I know what you mean. I mean, I'd be absolutely mortified if I was a postman or a postwoman and I was <laughs> walking along with the post and somebody came out to the front door. Thank you. Thank you. You'd be absolutely mortified. I'd be raging for you. It's raging for you. Anyway, enough for me. Carol, good morning. Good morning. Friday the 13th is your favourite day. Favourite day. Pourquoi? It, cer- <laughs> it certainly is. I was married on Friday the 13th back in 1997. Any disaster on the day? Absolutely none. It was the best day ever. Anybody try and talk you out of it? Oh, my poor mother. My mother was horrified. She thought that we'd be cursed, that we'd have a disaster of a day, that the wedding wouldn't last, that we'd end up breaking up. Did she really she, say all of those things? Yes, she was absolutely horrified. A very suspicious horrified. woman. <laughs> she was. She was indeed. But to be honest, Friday the 13th has an awful lot of, uh, we seem to, it seems to pop up for us an awful lot. Why? We got married on Friday the 13th. Yeah. Our groomsman at the time, they were expecting their first child. He was born on Friday the 13th, in the February after we got married. And he's our godchild. My first niece was born on Friday the 13th. It's actually her birthday today. She's 39 today and Friday the 13th Happy again. Happy birthday to her. So, um, yeah, and my the, the godchild that we have, his godmother, they were actually married on Friday the 13th as well. And you went on to have uh, four kids, is it? Yeah, we have four boys. <laughs> maybe you were cursed with boys. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe that was the curse, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it turned out well for us. And still blissfully happy 23 years later. Still blissfully happy. Yeah. And does, than ever. does Friday the 13th bother you at all then? No. No, no. We generally, we'll have a nice meal now tonight and celebrate it. We love Friday the 13th. How would you, how would you do that? Will you make it yourself? We would. The kids are great, um, especially since the lockdown. They've, um, we, I have two at home here who are in, like in college, but obviously it's from home now. So um, they've, they've um, gone mad onto the internet looking up different recipes and they're ah, making Chinese and everything. So we'll, and they're doing we'll it all tonight, are they? Yeah, they'll do a big spread for us tonight and we'll ah, have a nice family meal. Fabulous. Happy anniversary. Have a great night, Thank Carol. You. We well will. done. We will. It's going to be great for you. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. A lot of people doing things for themselves. A lot of others are ordering in. Some businesses over the summer, particularly restaurants that adapted to either takeout or some of those on Princess Street and parent, parent and places like that, they had an absolutely bumper summer. They were busy, 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 busy. It was absolutely fantastic for them. And a lot are doing really good take. More and more are doing it now than ever before, click and collect. Uh, last weekend, and I hope to do it again uh, without wanting to pick anybody out for particular notice, but um, I know that Nash 19 are doing some fantastic takeout. Yeah, last weekend um, we got the, I got the most fantastic Irish stew. I mean, it was just the business, and they're doing that and lots more besides, and I know that Docklands are doing fabulous takeout. I got great fish and chips there, and we got lots of vouchers to give away for Oak Fire Pizza, so let me do some of those shout-outs now. If you're at work or at home from work or 
you're in the office with limited amount of people uh, or you're just at home trying to keep things on the straight and narrow, text who you are and where you are to 86 8104 106. Uh, so we've got pizza vouchers for Free Food Friday again today. Hi, this is Meg from High Care, Child Care and Balancolic. So excited. We are paid monthly and there are five weeks and uh, and we're on a five-week month. So every little bit helps. I don't know what you've been did. No, that's like this is a short month, isn't it? Oh no, maybe it's because of the last one. No, it is a short month. November is a short month. A DD Security in Ballycarine Industrial said all the hardworking engineers are out on site, but would be very happy for me to ring them to come back to the office for a feed. Morning to all of you. To all of the staff at three in Dawn Square, morning to you all. They're very good people, very good, very good, doing great work and doing the best they can to keep people mobile friendly across the last uh, eight or nine months. So morning to you, working away behind closed doors, keeping everybody collected, connected. Hi, this is Laura from Tremor Road. Uh, I would love if the Glasheen Boys School could win your free food Friday. I know they aren't a company, but they've done a great job keeping our kids safe. To everybody at Caulfield Transport in Little Island, to the staff at Carey's Tools on Albert Road, morning to you all. To everybody at Quish's Super Value in Ballancolic. Marco Callahan is down in Cloyne. Would love some pizza because he's getting over a hip replacement. Uh, good luck to everybody who are working at uh, Feelings Pharmacy in Baker's Road. Morning to you all. Uh, to Emily, whose sixth birthday is Saturday. And Noel, my wife's, is the following Saturday. We're going to have a double party. Pizza would help. To everybody at J Bar to travel in Bandon. Everyone at the Lee Clinic, Seabridge and Little Island. To everybody, O'Connell's Butchers in the Lock, great company. Everybody at Walsh's Pharmacy on Shandon Street, just a few more. Uh, Kevin Condon Financial Brokers in Blackpool would love Free Food Friday. West Building Products in Carrigaline. To the clerical staff at Anglesey Street Garda Station. Uh, to everybody at the Day Services at the Brothers of Charity. Nurture Child Care in Black Rock. Everybody at Kilcully. Uh, to all of those listening, uh, where are they now? At Hurtle, they're on site in the oil refinery in Whitegate to all of the girls at Cheeky Cherubs uh, and Sheehan's Butchers, Butchers in Glanmar. I'll do some more shout-outs. Keep the text coming. Text 0868104106. Who you are and where you are. Paddy says, I know you're talking about Friday the 13th, but it can't have been a bad day after all because Peter Sutcliffe is dead. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. A funny conversation earlier on then with Friday the 13th that we got talking about um, you know women who get married keeping their own name, you know, their own maiden name rather than taking their husband's name. I think it's a damn good idea, incidentally. What happens when a couple with two double barrel names get married and both keep their names and so on and so on and so on? Is it a fact that the names get longer and longer? Well, no, actually. If you sit down in a dark room long enough and think that through, that wouldn't happen. But I'm not, I'm, I, what could happen, say, for instance, is if, like, take in my own situation, right? So I'm Neil Prendiville. My wife is Paula Lenahan. My daughter is Kathy. So she is Kathy Prendiville. But it wouldn't stop. Uh, you couldn't, you, you know, it, it wouldn't be, uh, you know, beyond the bounds of possibility that instead of taking um, a name, a second name, as in, say, Kathy Eileen, as it happens, or whatever it could be in your own scenario, it could be Kathy Lenahan Prendiville. Do you know what I mean? It would be maybe not as a surname, you know, take another name, then do they still take extra names? Is it for communion, I think? And some people take a third. That it could be that instead, just to keep your mother's name as part of your life because you are part of her life. So that's the only reason I was suggesting I think it's a good idea. Maybe other people are doing it. I imagine they probably are. Anyway, uh, where did Friday the 13th come from anyway, lads? What's the, I bet it goes way, way back in the day. We were looking at that earlier on this morning and I'll come and revisit that as to where we came up with that or the, the whole idea of, of Halloween and, and what have you. Like, you know what, what I found out actually with regards to Halloween recently was that originally 
Halloween started in America, I'm told. It was when the Irish went to America. We brought it with us as a, as a tradition. Um, and apparently, um, we never used pumpkins here in Ireland for Halloween until we started to go over to America and immigrated and stuff like that. Because in Ireland, it was turnips, apparently. And people hollowed out the inside of a turnip. So it went on longer than, you know, this whole pumpkin. The pumpkin thing then came from America and turnips then in Ireland got, got sidelined, which is unfortunate because um, that was their own tradition at the time. Anyway, I just mentioned that. Let me get back to my phone lines for the day that's it. I mean, did anybody did anybody get a tax rebate on Friday the 13th? Did anybody get a cancer all clear on Friday the 13th? Did anybody get their divorce papers in the post on Friday the 13th? Like, happy story, happy stories and happy events. An awful lot of people got married on Friday the 13th and many people had children on that date. Anyway, I love this because uh, there's a bit of a twist to this story. Josephine, good morning. Good morning. How's yourself in Martin Deneen? Not too bad, not too bad. But he's warm and you're not, is it? Uh, <laughs> I'm back warming up now, right? I'm heading in. All right, so you love this day because you got married on Friday the 13th. Yeah, 23 years ago. No no, no mishaps on the day, no apprehension, nobody trying to talk you out of it? No, there's no talk you out of it. The only mishap was um, there was a blackout, there was a power shortage after the first, after the first dance. <laughs> That's bad <laughs> enough. The power went out. <laughs> so um, people just were in great form. They were all chatting and singing, whatever. But my brother Shame sing got up and started dancing and, you know, get people going and we had a great night. But the power came back on, but... 20 minutes later. I should ask nothing. 20 minutes. I thought you had the rest of the wedding candlelight. That would have been all right, too. It would have been romantic, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And your son was born on Friday the 13th. Yeah, Friday 13th, 19 years ago. And he's a great lad. Ronan. Great lad. Yeah. So, ne'er a bother for you. But what I'm very... Thank you for that. But what I'm very interested in is Martin Deneen is sitting in his warm office while you're out farming. Does that, the way. Does that seem fair to you? I wouldn't change it. So you're the farmer, and he's the office worker, is it? Um, well, I'm retiring from farming. <laughs> but, yeah, he's the worker. He works very hard. Oh, I'm not, dis- I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but tell me a little bit about the farm. Whose farm is it? Um, it was his parents' farm, and Martin, and, um, they passed down to Martin. It's a beef farm. Um, you, so is it a tough job? It can be, calving season can be very tough. Early mornings, like, you're on beck and call all of the time. It's not a nine to five, like. No, farm with animals, it's not. Definitely not. In all weather. uh, Have you done that all your life? Oh, God, no. No, I knew into farming. Well, I never wasn't brought up in a farm or anything. I just got thrown into it. And how did you learn? Um, Um... just down with it, just <laughs> no choice. Trial and no. error. Yes, very much trial and error. Yeah. All right. Well, at least you're in out of it for a while taking this call anyway, which is something. And I've got to do the lot after and it's my lucky day. Friday the 13th is always your lucky day. Well, you got married on it, you had a son on it. Why not win the lotto on it? You never know. You never know, girl. Okay, mind yourself <laughs> and good luck on the farm. Stay safe. Right. Cheers. Bye. Take care. Michael. Neil, how are we doing? I'm good. Now, what have I got here with you? Things are coming in so fast here, it's hard to keep up. Uh, you think it's a load of hype, is it? Uh, not, not so much that it's a load of hype, but I just think it's 
it's whatever way you want to look at it and uh, whatever whatever way you want to take something from it. Uh, another Friday the 13th marriage here with you, I believe, is it? Yeah, yeah, back in 2012. Okay, all right. Tell me the story. Uh, so we we got uh, we were going to get married in Bally City Castle back in uh, Tralee. And when we looked at it, we were hoping to get married in uh, July. Um, but then the big thing for us was the, the music that we wanted to look at. So we looked at a band called the, the Marvels. Um, and unfortunately, we looked at it. The only dates they actually had available within the year was Friday the 30th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and he said, look, it's up to you if you'd like to go for it or not. And we, we didn't even really think about it. We just said, no problem at all. So we, we moved all the, the wedding that we were thinking of having in July. We moved it back to April. Uh, and had it invited the 14th and um, and everyone who was invited turned up on that day did they? Absolutely there was no hiccups no nothing at all and uh, that's uh, absolutely fantastic and it was uh, the best day we ever had and did the Marvels live up to expectations were they marvellous? They, they absolutely were they were unbelievable and instead of having a, a DJ after them we had a second band uh, the Vinyl Junkies from Mallow the who? We had two, the Vinyl Junkies they were known as <laughs> I love it yeah so we had we had two bands we had no DJ so we had two bands just and was it in Bally CD it was? Yeah, it was, we, we got married in, uh, in Glantan and then we drove back to, to Bally CD in Philly. And then fast forward, what happened next? So we fast forward in a year and then uh, on Friday the 13th again, uh, we were lucky enough that we found out that my wife was pregnant with our first child, Will. And another seven years? Yeah, and then you fast forward another seven years and we're, we're here today now on Friday the 13th and... Uh, we're uh, eight years married and uh, two fantastic kids, two boys, uh, Will and Murray. So um, that's that's what I take from it. I, I take from it that it's uh, it's an unbelievable lucky day for for us and for me. And uh, I'll, I'll always look at it and it's a, it's a day that reminds me of uh, good times and. Uh, good fortune that we had. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Because we do look at Friday the 13th with suspicion. Other people then are suspicious of black cats. Others won't work, walk under ladders. Me amongst them, actually. I picked that up as a child. Were you the same? I just wouldn't do uh, it. Yeah, not so much. I suppose you, you kind of hear a lot of the hype and stuff with it. But I suppose from the kind of good fortune things that I've had, I think it's a, it's a day that you got to... You got to look at, it and it's whatever way you decide to look at it. Ah, you're right. That's the yeah. That's the more positive, optimistic, healthy way of looking at. It. Whereas I would look at it. I'd walk. I'd refuse to walk under a ladder. I'd walk around and get hit by a car. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, great stuff. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate it, Michael. Take care. Friday the thirteenth has been nothing but great for him. Stay in touch, lads. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Massive. I'll come back to this. I do promise you that. But massive response yesterday to the story of Cork statues or the lack of them. It was being proposed at council that we would have three statues on Patrick Street to McSweeney and McCurtain and Collins and it got shot down and it got quite emotive um, on the air yesterday morning. Rob says, attention please. Our Cork Republicans gave their lives to their beloved city. They paid the ultimate price. A statue of merit is about merit and not about sex. The reason he says that is because the main reason that the statues got knocked back by councillors, particularly Fianna Fáil and the Greens, was because there wasn't a woman amongst them. Uh, Paz says, anyone who has experienced war doesn't want it remembered. The best monument for those who fought for independence is to build a country everyone can be proud of. 
says Pa. I mean, that's a fairly strong text, isn't it? It makes an awful lot of sense when you put it like that. Uh, we don't need statues. Uh, we should be doing everything we can, though, to commemorate those heroes that sacrificed their lives for this great city. Um, inst- instead of our councillors spout- spouting rhetoric and trying to make a name for themselves, get those statues up post-haste. Um, I'm sick to my stomach listening to the members of the Republican Party, Fianna Fáil. I'm a proud Republican. I wear my Easter lily every day. No, I don't wear a balaclava. I don't have a rifle under my bed. Or I don't bait every Englishman I see with my hurley. I am proud. I'm grateful for the people in our history that gave us the Ireland we have today. Um, people, including Councillor Shannon, uh, trying to use the PC argument of women matter too to say no to these statues, well, that's just scraping the barrel. I think it's a disgrace that it's taken this long for this motion to come forward about commemorating these men. Yes, there's women in our history, but I think it's essential, given the 100-year anniversary of the burning of Cork, of course the people of Cork would be proud and delighted to have these statues. I always bring my son to the bust of Michael Collins in Fitzgerald's Park and Tom Barry. Anyone who would say otherwise would be should be ran out of it. Put up the statues, put them all up, be proud to be Irish and be even prouder to be from Cork. A selection of texts, and there are many of them which we'll come back to hopefully between now and uh, midday today. Calls on the way. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Special shout out to our brother Shane, uh, who's 25 today. So excited. It's his birthday on Friday the 13th. Loves his family and an uncle to 10 nieces and nephews. So he's a lucky man on Friday the 13th. Thanks so much for the show. That's from his daughters and his mam, Phil. So happy birthday, special birthday today for Shane, 25 today uh, on Friday the 13th. And just speaking about that, I read out a text earlier on regarding uh, regarding Paddy, who um, uh, reaches OAP age today. Morning, Paddy. Good morning, Neil. How, how are you? How do you feel about that, kid? Yeah, I'm flying. I still feel like a 21-year-old. <laughs> That's all that matters. But what do you get today now? The bus pass and the pension, is it? Yeah, I'm after getting the bus pass, and I, I checked my bank account when I go, and I'm after getting my pension, so I'm kind of happy with that. Is that the first payment of the pension, yeah? Yeah, that's the first payment, yeah, yeah. God, that's amazing. Free money, not a bother. Free money, well, I'd never refuse free money. <laughs> so what are you going to do now? I mean, have you stopped working? Are you working away, or what's the story? No, I'm after getting a, a, a kind of a part-time job there, uh, driving special needs kids to school. It's just a few hours in the morning. Well yeah. done. That's brilliant. Great job. How are you going to celebrate the birthday today? Well, they're doing the old bodies, then they turn up there after dinner, so there's a, there's a couple coming in there, so we, we, we have an old laugh anyway. <laughs> the bodice, like, is, bodice is kind of like a cork equivalent to spare ribs, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to have it. <laughs> but you won't be doing it in a barbecue sauce or anything. That's boiled in a pot, is it? Oh, no, boiled in a pot. Boiled in a pot. That's the way to have it. <laughs> Bodice and turnip in the same pot, is it? One in the same pot, yeah. Put the whole lot in. And is that and spe- you know, is that your birthday request, Bodice and turnip? Oh, I love it. So she, she took it on herself to do that for me. She Down did, to the English there. market, is it? Oh, yes. She's a great bit of stuff. She knows what I like. <laughs> Bodice and turnip, because you turn to, a, you turn 60, what do you do? Just turning 66, isn't it? 66 now today, yeah. I was born in 1954, so. And I'm in old Rocky there just to put things right, like. You had big celebrations there then a few weeks back. Well, we had, we had, we had. And I was born, I was actually born in the, you know, the shoemakers in the village. 
I do. I do. I yeah, know. yeah. And I, I was talking to the new owner there some time ago. The the chap that has it all like that. That's where I was born. I moved off to my grandparents after that. Hold on a second. That's um, that's an art gallery now, isn't it? There's yeah, McGalligan and something else. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I bought a beautiful print down there last year, actually, of way back in the day when Dundanian House was owned by, um, I can't remember the name of the family. There was a beautiful print that they had on sale of when the, when the railway line went through Dundanian House. Dundanian House, that's correct. Back yeah, in the yeah, 1840s. Yeah. It's a beautiful little place. So that was, you were born there. I mean, what was it but at the time? It was only a small little house, really. There was just, you know, a basic front room and a small little back kitchen. And I think there was only two bedrooms there then. So I was born there and my sister was born in Galabi Street. So we were in there and then I have a brother. He was born in McGrath Park and after that. So you were born on in, in, in what it was then, just before it, it, you were born when it was a small little cottage. Then it became uh, the, 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 the cobbler's. And now, of course, it's a, it's an art it's a it's an art gallery. But back back then, you would have been in a, a very old village. So you remember the old shops? There were there were a lot of little sweet shops there, as you recall. Oh, there was there was always there was Mrs. Dempsey, you know, and there uh, was three down the village, and there was one next to the church in Blackrock, you no, know, and then there was one where the post office was. You know, you can go down onto the line there. There was, was a small shop. sweet shop there. A few doors from your house, there was a, the tiniest little mace shop. Do you remember that? It was like... I do, yeah. I do, yeah. It I was do, so I think, narrow. I think that's a handbag shop now at the moment. There was a there was a chap doing cakes in there for a while, but I think there's a, a little handbag shop now. It's still there. It's still open. Then next to the church, there was another little shop that sold all... It had everything. You know, one of these anchor to a needle shops and everybody bought their papers there on a Sunday morning, but you could buy anything behind the counter there. You could buy anything. That's right. Uh, I think that was Dempsey's. I think that was Carl. And then it's down Dempsey's. in the village then, right where the bus would turn, there was yeah. an elderly lady had a shop there and she used to live on... Beaumont Drive, I think, and you used to get the bus down to the shop, wasn't that? What was her name? Uh, her name was Tessie Coyle, as far as I can remember. No, Tessie was around the corner. What, she was around the corner? Jeez, I don't know who she was. So. Do you know, do you know, as, know you're, you know, as you're facing the boat club? Yeah. There's, yeah, a bi- yeah. there's a building there, right in the middle, just by the gates. That was an old yeah. shop. Brosnan was, was her name, Mrs. Brosnan. No? Mrs. Brosnan, that's it, that's it, Mrs. Brosnan. Happy day. And did were you were, were you in Blackrock then when Wiggy had the chipper and everything? I was, I was. I, I mean, that's the that's the tea shot or the natural food test. That's it? right. I mean, uh, it's, and, and it's great that Blackrock Village is back booming. Where are you now, though? Well, I'm still in Blackrock. I'm oh, over in Beachwood, Beachwood Court. They are just behind the castle. They are in man. Well done. Great spot. Once a rocky, always a rocky. That'll never go. Happy birthday to Patty. I bet you don't remember the sweet shop on Church Road, which is now a hairdresser's. I do, I do. That oh. was Cotter's, isn't it? No, what was it called? I think Mrs. Cotter had that. I think that was named. It's, it's next door to the Manhasset there and all that. That's right. But yeah, when I, well, uh, uh, here's a challenge to somebody. I'm sure that somebody will guess. That was a sweet shop, right, in the ni- early 1970s. And... It, it hadn't a person's name on the name of the shop. It had, it was a different name. It wasn't a yeah, person's yeah. name. You don't remember? I remember going in there, getting the old and the sea bars. You remember them? Going to school, you get whatever, six for a Where'd you go to school then? Where'd you go to school? 
Why went to school in Blackrock? Behind St. Michael's Church there on Blackrock is still there. That's still there as well. That's the little primary there. school there. Why well, do you know it's still a school or not? But that's where I went to school because primary school, yeah, up to six class, right? Fair play. Listen, a bit of nostalgia there. It's always great to chat. Happy happy birthday to you for the day that's in a Paddy Courtney. Fair play to you. Thanks for me. Thanks for me, Thank you. Cheers, Look after yourself. All, All right, let's uh, let's leave that one hanging there. Anybody remember the name of that shop? Uh, it was probably owned by a person, but it had a particular name. I'll give you a small little hint. It's kind of got a religious connotation to it, if I, if I remember correctly. Anyway, text 0868104106 on that one. I bet someone will remember. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. So come back to Friday the 13th again. They're calling um, whatever's going to happen at the back end of November and uh, the first day of December. Two with a tweak. I think that's a good way to sum it up. Level two with a tweak. Unfortunately, that tweak may not include pubs and publicans are livid over it that they will be uh, closed uh, when restrictions ease at the start of December. At best, they're saying maybe restaurants. And then Varadkar putting his two feet in it again, telling families uh, not to book flights home uh, for Christmas time. He always seems to be jumping the gun uh, when it comes to uh, Michal Martin. So are families booking? Can you book? Are there flights available? The headlines this morning are talking about those that will and won't come home for Christmas, what they'll have to do when they come home, even though Neffet are saying it's not safe to be travelling home. Uh, it's not safe to be booking right now. Christmas misery fears, as Leo tells the Irish abroad, don't make plans to come home. I mean, it's easy for him to say because the longer you leave it, if you were planning to come home and come home safely, the more expensive it will become. So Seamus spent an hour there just drilling into some uh, some flight costs, say, from uh, the UK, uh, from Europe, from the likes of Dubai and both sides of America. Good morning. How did you get on? Um, very good. Um, to... Coming from, well, uh, I picked just one date, Neil, um, because um, taking into account the whole issues at the moment where if you're coming from an orange zone country, red zone country, all that's up in the air, if you pardon the pun. Yeah, but that'll be gone when they move to um, from two weeks to five days, yeah? Um, yes, for some countries, I think it's Europe, but uh, not for kind of North America places like places Just like that. Based on the assumption that, and this is accurate, you can fly from anywhere home, right? You can. There are planes flying. There are planes flying. Yes, because like this morning, I looked at, for instance, New York. I looked at all the London airports. I looked at uh, Dubai, Toronto, San Francisco, um, where a lot of kind of Cork people would have uh, would have gone. Um, also looked at. Australia, um, Sydney, for instance. Um, but I did pick the 28th of November to the 1st of January because the way things are going, like we have a plan at the moment for these five-day uh, quarantines with the PCR test, but um, that could change. So I said, look, we'll take a look at the 28th of November to the 1st of January, and that's the date I picked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because I... I I have a relative myself who is coming from San Francisco, for instance, but they're planning on coming home. They have accommodation already booked to self-isolate, then go home for Christmas, and then they'll have to self-isolate again when they go back to to San Francisco in the new year. Okay, but the San Francisco flight is very, very cheap, for instance, isn't it, on that date? But it's a very long trip. 
It is, um, but like quite a lot of uh, flights, like if you go through Amsterdam, they're always cheaper. But that that really stood out to me that four four hundred ninety eight euros to fly from uh, Delta uh, with Delta from San Francisco to JFK to Amsterdam to Cork. Um, now there is uh, so it take you thirty hours to do it, San Fran. JFK, Amsterdam, Cork, but you can do it for 498 euro. 498, that's according to Skyscanner this morning. Uh, that's where I got most of So the why pricing. is it then that San Francisco to Cork would be 498, but Sydney to Cork is nearly five grand? Yeah, it's, well, it's the, it's the distance. But like if you look at uh, that list that I've given you, um, Delta, San Francisco to JFK, Amsterdam, if you want to come home an hour and a half earlier... It, there's a flight there from Delta that's more or less going through the same routing. That's three thousand one hundred and thirty-three euros. Mother of God! It's um, it's basically same your airline. same airline, but you're flying from Delta to Atlanta, Georgia, to Amster- to make the connection in Amsterdam to back to Cork. So two different flights, the same airline, leaving the same airport within an hour and a half of each other is a difference between three grand and 500 euro. Okay, um, just uh, with regards then to say, okay, we said Sydney to Cork, 4,800 with KLM. That's not, um, that's not a, a, a one stop on the way. Is there a lot of stops? Um, it's that, 50 hours. That's 50 hours. Uh, 50 so, hours. So oh God. That, that's, uh, I think that's three stops. And the Toronto to Cork then, again, that's, again, it can be done. Toronto to Cork on that date one stop in Amsterdam, a connection in Amsterdam to Cork, again, 600 euro. That's return. Yeah, that's return. They're all return, but like that's 34 hours, 15. Um, that's a layover in Amsterdam that's, that's for a long period of time. That's a layover in Amsterdam, time. yeah. Yeah. So there is value out there if you, for instance, um, you know, uh, do a bit, bit of research and don't go for the three grand one out of San Fran. So on the east coast of America, then say, for instance, New York, how does that look? Well, uh, I checked all the airports in New York. The cheapest I could get was 1,241 journey time, 10 hours, 5 minutes. And that was uh, out of JFK with KLM. And what would that journey be? JFK to where? Uh, that would be Amsterdam, Amsterdam, then to Cork. Okay, so you weren't able to do, say, New York Shannon? No, I didn't get an option for it. Well, I, there were options there, but they, they weren't the cheapest. Like how much were we talking about? Um, that I, no, I, off the top of your head, are you talking about twice the price? Um, you're talking about three, four hundred euros more than that. Okay, so the cheapest you found was 1,241. 28th of November, return per person. Okay, and then the, the ones that are, okay, just stay overseas a distance. A lot of people will be coming back from places like Dubai. What kind of value are they getting if they book now for the back end of November? Well, if they book now for the back end of November, the cheapest flight I could get out of Dubai uh, via Amsterdam again, uh, 14-hour journey with KLM would be 733 euros. Uh, to travel from Dubai on the 30th of November to the 1st of January. Uh, that same flight uh, with KLM has gone up to €802. Euros. Okay. Um, the, the downside to these numbers is they're, they're a flight date of the 28th of November when people won't be coming home for Christmas. They wouldn't be coming home until mid-December. Wonder what it's like when you try and book something on the twenty first of December, for instance. Um, we can look at that, but it was it was uh, pretty tight as far as I, I I could see earlier. But look, I I can come back with the with price on that. I was just purely picking that one date because of worry for 
self-isolation, all, all that type of thing. I was on to um, a friend who works in a, a travel agency this morning, uh, just asking him, what's the what's the whole thing out there? Like, we do know a lot of people kind of book their flights online, but um, I went to a, a, a traditional travel agent um, and he says that he hasn't seen too many flights being booked by anybody and he said because the rules keep changing uh, people are not sure what to do if travelling from the UK you need uh, a PCR test to avoid uh, restricting movements and most no, you people don't. won't do that No you don't, how do, how do you need that? Well, they he what he was saying to me um, was that like, I don't think the UK is a green green zone country yeah, but that, that means you restrict your movements when you come in here. Yes, but you'd need a, like the... the for the five-day, you'd need for a the test. Five, yeah. For the five-day, you need yeah. a test. Yeah. And he's telling me that you would also need a test then on the back end of that going home. No. For for Britain, for the British rules. No. No? No, why? We don't have to have a, any kind of documentation to go into the UK at all. Okay. Unless yeah. that changes with the five-day now. I don't. I, I. I. don't know. It's. It, I like. I looked at the at the um, regulations here. Um, like orange zone countries have a fourteen day uh, COVID incident yeah. rate of under fifty cases per one hundred thousand, and their test positive rate four percent. He's. He said like all those. They're they're confusing a lot of people and it's stopping them from coming home because yeah. they don't really know. Yeah, I'm, okay, that's fine. But, but that's regarding Britain, I I don't know. Um, I've tried to check that out this morning, but um, he's telling me that um, they, they, at the back end on the on the way home they would need a a PCR test. Well, so I don't know. So the, so maybe uh, there's a travel agent out there that could ring in. Ryanair this morning have got a um, a Black Friday sale where they're talking about one hundred thousand seats for twelve ninety nine. Um, not out of cork though no um like i do like if you look at the list that i've given you particularly for the uh london airports all those flights um seem to be um right aer lingus or or klm coming into cork that's right but the flights back out on the first of january for instance are with ryanair through stansted so a lot of the flights that i'm uh, that you're looking at there on that sale um I'm assuming that they're from Dublin or, or Shannon. Or, um, I just looked at Alicante, for instance, on uh, the Ryanair website. We can get to Alicante for €68 Euros return. That's the fourteen uh, out from Dublin. Dublin. On, that's the seat sale they're talking that's about. That's the seat sale what they're date? talking about. That would be the um, 28th, 29th of, of November uh, and back a week later. So that's where their seat sales are. They're going to Sunday destinations back in November, December out of Dublin. But it says here the cheapest that you get from a London airport to Cork was Heathrow, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, Cork, 25 hour journey for 157 euro. Yeah. Not direct. Not direct. But if you want to go direct, um, there is an Aer Lingus flight there and that works out at 1698 So the 160 euro is the cheapest, so there is a direct then, London That Corp. would be from the 27th of November to 2nd of January. Okay. be interesting then to come back with numbers then for people who are trying to get home, say for instance, on uh, the 20th or 21st of December. Yeah. When the airports will really be rocking as opposed to the back end of November, yeah? Yeah. Okay, we can check that out then. You can come back to me at that stage. Thanks for now, Seamus. Appreciate it. Lines open at one 104 106 You can text 086-8104-106. And there's quite an amount. Thank you for the photographs, actually, from the Benner household. Denise says, I heard you talking about turnips 
instead of pumpkins. We did turnips this year because we couldn't find any pumpkins. The kids were delighted to do them the old-fashioned way. Um, I'm assuming then you knew that it was always turnips before we imported pumpkins from America for Halloween. My seven-year-old was learning about the old-fashioned ways in school and she sent a beautiful photograph of three not pumpkin lanterns, but turnip lanterns, the way it used to be years and years ago. Like years ago, uh, before we just we all started eating turkey for Christmas, which also came from America. Okay, back after the break on one eight fifty one. No, I'll stay with it actually, and stay with the phone lines because we've got a lot of other stuff happening here, and we also have some free food Friday shoutouts to do. Happy birthday to Noah Vaughan Fahan, I should say, a proud Leitrim man living in Cove from all of the family. Uh, you are right when you say there are no restrictions entering Britain from Ireland. That's my understanding of it, and that's the way it is right now. But who knows how it'll change? Um, and others then are saying, "I am co- I'm listening at the moment. I'm coming home from Saudi Arabia, no matter what." Um, that may well be a call. It certainly is a text which uh, which I will come back to. Uh, Margaret says, "I have two sons, and they're married in London. I've told them not to come home for Christmas." as it wouldn't be worth their while, as the self-isolating period wouldn't allow it. Um, so we won't get to see them, and their wives won't get to see their families. Uh, the ripple effect is uh, that I get to see my sons in March in London, and got back. I got to see my son. I got to where I get to. I'll find out, actually, because she joins me by phone. Margaret, good morning. You've good morning. Inst- you've instructed them not to come home, is it? I've told them not to come home, yeah. Wh- I told them that a few weeks ago. Why? Um... The whole thing about self-isolating, you know, pick them up from the airport, bring them home, after they can get a ca- somehow get home here, they're going to be in a room and they're going to go from here then again to the airport. Yeah, that's because you're, you're doing it responsibly, you see. Yeah, and they both are married, and one's married to an Irish girl, and the other's married to a German girl, but um, I suppose it's been very hard because... Um, one of them, um, their wives have just gotten over cancer in the UK. Um, Tough. So she had to end the treatment. So we went to visit in March. Just got back for the lockdown. And um, they've been extremely careful, obviously. There is so, there is a test that they'd be able to take, though, um, at Cork Airport, if they've got the money to do it. Which within 24 um, hours would give them a result, you know. You could. can even get a test on the day, apparently, if you pay even more money again. But then again, you're taking a gamble. You're taking a risk, which I suppose what my thinking is, well, I'd love them to be home. The thing is, we can have a better reunion once this is started. And what we've actually, what we've actually done, actually, Neil, is on um, Christmas Day at noon, we're going to have... Um, Zoom and we're going to do coffee and cake. <laughs> God, that's so lucky that we have the technology to be able to do Isn't those kind it? of things, you what know? What do we do without it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And have they, um, so they're, both their sons, they're both married with, have they kids and everything? Married. No, they have no kids, no. Not yet. I know, I know. <laughs> no. But you're going to, because you see, what possibly some people are going to do is they're just going to come home and they're going to stay in the family home. Yeah, um, yeah. And... Take a risk, take a gamble. Is it worth it, Neil? I don't think so. I'd rather they're safe and we're safe. And we can, when when it's safer to see each other, definitely to go and do And I'd love to give them a hug. And So Zoom will be what you'll do instead. And another Zoom, reunion yeah. maybe in the new year kind of thing. 
Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but we always, what we would do is because um, one is married to a German girl, so every other year he'd alternate between Ireland and Germany. But the other lads, they they have this thing where they have, they like their own New Year's, so yeah. they're usually in London for New Year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But we would always um, WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, it's good uh, to yeah. talk to you because you're an example of those that are recommending people overseas no, know, for the safety I, of everybody. For the sake of it, no. It's Don't stuck, we've, No, Neil, we've sacrificed so, so much. Are we really, really going to risk them and ourselves or anybody else? Even if they can get a test that gives them the all clear no, at the airport. I, I'd rather, no, I'd rather they didn't. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, it's okay. just me. I suppose that's just my preference. Thanks for, for that. And everybody else. I so gotcha. Take care. Cheers. Barry Roach in the Irish Times this morning is talking about new privately run COVID test centres in Cork Airport that will potentially test thousands of people daily. It's called Rock Dock. Um, they're saying that the test centres of the airport will scale up to cater for demand from travellers coming the weeks um, following the introduction of the traffic light system, you know, where things change. Uh, anyway, I won't drill into it too much, but they're saying it will provide three different types of swab test. Um, the basic test, the PCR test, will have results within 24 to 72 hours. There's a big difference there. Which is it? I mean, somewhere in the region of 24 to 72, that's €129. Euro. There's a faster test using... Uh, different technology where your results will be available on the same day. That costs 149 and there'll be an express service using extra tech again where the results are available within a few hours. And so the most expensive of the, of the three um, uh, rock dock tests would cost 199 euro in an effort maybe to deal with people who want to come home. But what happens if you take, say, for instance, the 199 test? You get the result and you're negative get the result a few hours later and you're negative um, you, you wouldn't really be able to just go about your business in the open and you know because like you could be tested positive but the next day um, you know you might test negative kind of thing so one would think that even, in that even then there would be restrictive movements or even quarantine but we'll have to see what happens in the weeks ahead as to whether people are booking perhaps you're listening overseas I'd love to hear from you if you are intending to come home. Let me just quickly talk, if I can, uh, to uh, John McNamara in Saudi. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. There's a little delay here, so appreciate you taking the call. You're no, sorry, it's, a, it's, actually, it's actually good afternoon here. Good uh, afternoon to you in Saudi then, my friend, in Daman yeah. in Saudi. Um, are you coming home? Saudi, yes. I am 100% coming home. Um, we've had a hell of a year. The whole country, or the whole world has, but uh, we've lived under extreme uh, conditions of lockdown to suppress the virus in Saudi Arabia. And what my message is, uh, if you put a good system of testing in place and you manage the flights and the travel, you can allow people to come home. And can you hear me, Neil? I can, yeah. loud and clear. Yeah. Yeah. One important point is, and it's, I personally, it's very close to my heart, would do nothing that would put anybody in Ireland at risk. It's very personal. My sister is a real hero, as are all the people in Cove Community Hospital. Uh, they've kept COVID-19 out because of the hard work and sacrifice. My parents are in their 80s. And I personally will do nothing that will put anybody in Ireland at risk. How will I do that? In advance of travel, I will take a PCR test. Yes. I have to have a PCR test 72 hours before I get on an aircraft. Yeah. 
Now, in reverse, when I come back into here, I have to have a PCR test. By the way, in Saudi Arabia, you book it through an app. You have to do it on arrival. It's free of charge. I don't mind paying in Ireland. I absolutely do not mind. But there's a system in place. You go into uh, isolation till the result comes out. And on the basis of the negative results, you're free to go about your business. Okay, just let me let me just let me just ask you about that now. Actually, I'll tell you what. I'll hold on uh, for a couple of minutes, and I'll pick it up after eleven o'clock because uh, I just want to talk to you about that system that you're referring to there, and the cost, and where you do it, and things like that. And I don't want to rush the conversation. All right. So, you okay in Saudi to talk to me just after eleven? I am indeed, Neil. Okay, regardless of what Leo says, uh, John McNamara is coming home and he's teaching us, telling us how he's going to do it and how he's going to do it safely. You can text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on 1850-104-106. Cork's Red FM, Ireland's Emerald Award-winning music station of the year. I was chatting there to uh, John McNamara, who's in Daman in Saudi Arabia and is coming home to Cork and he's got his plan in place. When are you traveling, John? Uh, interesting. <laughs> I'm travelling on Monday, the 21st of December. That's the date, um, actually, that many, uh, yeah. many people will be travelling. Yeah. There's actually a reason why I picked that date, by the way. Um, it's because I'm assuming I may have to do 14 days quarantine in Ireland, where I obviously have no contact with people to protect my nearest and dearest. And I'm due to travel back on the 9th of January. But there's a reason why you're not allowed to get a PCR test in Ireland until you come out of quarantine, which I'm happily, happy to do. Now, that's assuming they don't change the system between now and then, because it's a two-way street. Remember, I have to think of my work colleagues and my friends in Saudi Arabia. I have to be very careful that I don't go from a country that's an awful lot higher, than which is Ireland, to coming out to here. So I have to take a PCR test in advance of getting on the flight, Interestingly enough, KLM to go via Amsterdam to come into Zaman. Um, so going home, I will do a PCR test, assuming it's still required or it is required. Well, and, unless um, you want to, you I, know, I like yeah, uh, they're saying that, you know, the big change is from midnight on the 29th of November. You won't have to restrict your movements for 14 days if you do a PCR COVID test. Yeah. Yeah. That's similar to what's been in place here because in Saudi Arabia, from the 15th of March, now to the 15th of March, the 15th of September, there was no international flights into the country. You could leave, but there was no international flights coming in. They reopened it, and when they reopened it, they had the system up and ready to run. We actually have really good engineers and technicians in Ireland, and I cannot, I don't know why they haven't a, a system up and running via an app. When you come to immigration in Saudi, you have to book your um, COVID test. And the test, you go to an allocated test center free of charge where they do a PCR test and you go immediately to your accommodation. And the status of that, you have to stay there until the test results come out. Um and you asked how am I going to go home? Go, my, my current plan is I'll have a PCR test in advance and I will self-isolate. Um, for, there is another reason why I'll self-isolate. I want to protect my sister, who's a hero, working in Cove Hospital. I want to protect my parents. If necessary, uh, I'm sure, uh, may, I may not even be able to have physical contact with them, but I'm prepared to do that. Um, I have not met an Irish person face-to-face 
since the 22nd of February of this year. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's by choice. Um, I'm not looking for sympathy, but uh, I think the important thing, and it's something that's very, very close to my heart, the survival of Cork Airport. And I am quite stunned that I hope that the badge of honour of the Taoiseach and the uh, uh, Minister for Foreign Affairs is not to put any more nails in the coffin of Cork Airport. And I'm really, really, really heartened. Everybody who's listening, use KLM because KLM are providing a service into Cork uh, and connecting the world. Well, they are because Ryanair aren't. Yeah, KLM have they've got yeah, well, just, a, a few flights. And, just well, a also, few. yeah, it's it's better than nothing, um, and it's very important because it's connectivity. Um, but getting back to it, Neil, I mean. I mean uh, I don't remember, maybe I, 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 I missed this in the media, but I don't remember people calling for people not to go to Cheltenham. Uh, I don't remember big calls about people coming back from Spain, but it's, when you have people who have very genuine reasons of meeting friends and family or reunification, it seems to be, don't make your travel plans. Okay. And again, a, a lot of people yeah, would make plans in advance. From the 29th of November, things change, right? So let's say if you're coming from an orange or a red zone country, and that would include the UK um, and and indeed places like America, correct me if I'm wrong, you won't have to quarantine for 14 days if you get a COVID-19 test within five days of arriving in Ireland. How will that work? Like, is it that you'll come, you'll fly into Cork, you'll come to the airport, and then you have five days to get a test, is it? Uh, I I don't know because it's not well. I'll actually have a test with me in that I will do a test within forty eight hours of boarding my flight in the mum. If I'm required to take a second test in Ireland, no issue. If I'm required to pay for it, no issue. But let's but say I, you do. You, let's say you get a test when you arrive in Ireland and you're waiting around for it for two days or three days. What are you supposed to do for that period of time? Well, Neil, two days is hours. Two days is hours. I was 90 days where I couldn't come outside the four walls of my apartment. I had 90 days where I had to, how I stayed was listening to Irish radio, and we have been true heroes of the lockdown as well. Uh, and uh, if I wanted to go out, I had to get permission to leave the building. <laughs> what, what, what's hours? These people, people around the world have really, in, in, in countries, and we have done it, by the way, uh, we haven't been forced into doing that, that, that. You know, we have done it because it's part and parcel of where we live and where we work. Um, but so I don't mind. I mean, if, if I can listen to Red FM. Mm. You know, I can, mm. and, I, uh, and I can do work online. I can keep, uh, my best advice uh, uh, is for someone to count the steps and do their 10,000 so, steps every day. Is, it, is yeah. my, my understanding is if you do that test when you arrive, um, you only have to isolate, isn't it, for five days? Yeah, I'm not sure because I haven't. I'm not fully aware. But I'm planning. The way I'm thinking is at the moment when I booked my flight, which is a long time ago. My, I was planning that I would be 14 days in isolation, even though I would have a PCR test done before I set foot on the aircraft to come in. But uh, assuming the, the rules are, I mean, that's 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 fine. So that's why the, the dates, I mean, and people traveling very long distance tend not to book the flights at the last minute. They tend to book it in advance. 
Yeah, I'm wondering what kind of uh, yeah. what kind of numbers will travel home if they have to, um, you know, get a test before they leave, a test when they arrive, wait around for it. There's a five day period that seems to well, be kind of like a grey area to me as to what you're supposed to do while you're waiting for the results. Are you with family? Are you on your own? Are you stuck in a bedroom? Well, uh, uh, my own personal thing, and I, sh- sh- I got the feeling when I listened to um, uh, uh, the. the, the, the Thomas Delia Bradker yesterday that he was trying to, which was a political stunt to try and steal other people's thunder and try and the headlines. But, uh, and, um, um, and I'm not surprised, but my, uh, I, I can't underestimate uh, the, for me the importance of uh, Cork Airport. It's it's rolling connectivity, it's rolling supporting industry, and we need it, the system needs to be done uh, to make sure that that can uh, can actually happen. All right. Um, okay. But, well, listen. Like good. That, so, but, 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 Sorry, there's a delay I'm there. I'm just saying yeah. good luck to you, John, and, and safe travel, and do stay in touch between now and when you decide to travel, when you come uh, home on the 21st of December. Look after yourself. Cheers. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 104 Neil Prendival, how is it you don't know about bodice? I didn't say I didn't know about bodice. I didn't say that. How are you, are you not north side yourself? I thought you were Blackpool. Well, I'm, I'm French and living in the north, in the north side for 25 years, and I adore bodice. Best north side dish ever. My nana's Rabbit would be my old favourite back home in France. Uh, but here, it's bodice. Every day. If my Northside husband was kind enough to make it more often, why don't you make it yourself? Have a great day. And on a side note, would be great to consider any of the homeless shelters for free food Friday, says Val. Uh, good idea. Good idea. It's vouchers at this stage now as opposed to hot piping pizza. But I will certainly take it under advisement and uh, see how many of the uh, Free Food Friday vouchers I have spare to go around. need to be fair to as many people as I can. So Free Food Friday continues. Uh, and some more shout-outs for all of the nurses working at uh, the Public Health Department in Riverstown. Morning to you all. To everybody at CGI Food Park in Middleton. Morning to all of the staff at Waters, Munce, Waters Glass and the Marina. Uh, for the lads at the uh, Civic Community site on the Kinsale Road, working through lockdown, taking people's rubbish, putting smiles on faces. C- BGI in Blackpool, everybody at Healthcare 21 in Blarney for Free Food Friday, including my fiance Brian and the gang. They love pizza. Big shout out to the Neurology Administration Department at CUH for hardworking girls, to everybody working at uh, UCC, particularly those working from home. I miss my colleagues and I miss the campus. This is Noreen in Clonakilty. I work in the Cove Foundation in Clon, and our manager's retiring. Uh, this uh, next Friday, the 20th, and it would be a great party and a great send-off. Si- what have we got here? Four very sorrowful, six- a very sorrowful six-year-old girl who broke her ankle yesterday would love a shout-out and maybe a pizza from her mammy. Um, happy Friday to little Eve Highland, who's recovering from a broken ankle. Benson's work here in Middleton, deals in Clonakilty, magic vacations in Kinsale, and a fast one here now, um, Free Food Friday, for all of the staff working at Stryker in Tullagrena. So morning to you all, in particular Paul Kenny, who retires after 25 years service, and his last day is today. More shout-outs on the way back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now, 086-8104-106. Red. FM. Walk your way out of lockdown with Tesco. They reopened the Douglas Village Shopping Centre yesterday and everybody's happy clappy about that and we have 100 euro Tesco gift cards to give away every day this week and next week. All you got to do is send me a screen grab of your walk. Morning, my car was trapped in Douglas Village last August. 
I would love to go back to the centre with a smile on my face and a hundred euro voucher. That's a great story. Good walk as well, Katie O'Shea. Her car was one of the ones in the fire. And she did 32,500 steps. Well done. With a little doggy bower by your side. Thanks for the photographs. Lee Sullivan walks around beautiful Murphy's farm. I would love a voucher for herself and the two small boys. And she did 13,000 steps. Morning to Una, who did 17,500. Don't know where you are, but morning to you. Pat ran around the lock last night. It was very wet. You did some serious running, actually. You ran around the lock. Eight kilometers worth. Fair play. Gary said, I thought my walking days were over once I left the army. I started a new job with Bus Aaron. So where are you walking? Around the bus, is it? Ten and a half thousand steps. Uh, Morning, PJ. He says, uh, I'm really getting into this. It's a big step for me as I'm nearly one year free from cervical cancer. Thank you for giving me the push. Well done, girl. Seven and a half thousand. She's only just started since we started talking about it this week. Donna Welsh in Bodegrass Hill sent a screen grab. Twelve thousand. Stacy sent hers in just shy of... Uh, 9,285 calories. Go girls. Sarah did 10 and a half and Marie's got herself a, a brand new funky looking Fitbit and she took the dog for a walk and did uh, 7,500. Sharon did over, oh, just under 11,000. Well done. Hillary says, walking my way out of lockdown this morning around Rostellan Woods. Beautiful. There's another place to check out, lads. And she did 8,000. Caroline Reedy did a super, super walk, just over 7 kilometers. Burnt off nearly 550 calories. Colette Ryan in Douglas, her daily walk is up Cooney's Lane in Donnybrook. Listening to you for company, she says. 12,000. Well done. Carmel Landers and Killer has another one of these... Uh, Posh Apple Watches did five and a half thousand. It was wet, she said. Well done, nonetheless. Brendan Cunahan uh, did a final walk, 514 calories. And Caroline Mannix says, I got absolutely soaked yesterday, but it was so worth it for the walk and the headspace. Well said. It's all about the headspace and the fresh air. Nearly 22,000, so well done. We'll do some more walk here. We had a lockdown shout-outs before midday with a 100-euro Tesco voucher to give away for the day that's in it. But um, I know I'm covering an awful lot of ground this morning. The whole, My whole understanding is that when we change the system on the 29th of November, for those that are coming home, if you want to have a shorter um, restriction or a shorted quarantine, you have to take a test after five days. So for those five days, you're still confined to barracks. You take the test then, and if it proves negative, then you're free. You're free to do what you want to do, whatever we'll be able to do in December, after the five days. So it turns the 14 into a a five. And that would be all countries, really. And that's when things will change from the UK's perspective as well, as well as the rest of Europe. But it means that people would be able to come back from Australia or would be able to come back even from America, but with five-day restrictions instead of 14. Now, I'm open to correction on that, but that's my understanding of it. Now, I'd like to just change horses for a moment now and talk to Sandra O'Shea. Sandra, good morning. Hi, good morning. Now, your sight, um, because you have cataracts and bow ties, how bad is how bad is your sight? Very bad at the moment. So describe it to me. What can you see? Um, just kind of shadows, like and looking into a grey mist. All of the time. And has it got gradually worse? Yes. Yes. Over the last two weeks, it's got worse. Are you able um, to move around? Are you able to function? Are you able to do the different chores that you need to do with it? No, no, no. <clears throat> no. Um, my son goes out at half past five in the morning and I'm here till seven o'clock in the evening. I can't look at TV and I can't read. So I'm just kind of sitting there. How do you spend your days? Oh, it's very, very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Mostly just sitting down. It's not safe to go for a walk, like, is it? No, no, no. 
No, 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 not a hope. No. It's not safe to take a bus journey to do a bit of shopping like around the No, nothing, nothing, no. No, my son does all that for me. I can't do anything. And how long has it been this bad? It got worse really over the last couple of months. So in the last couple of months, um, like for instance, even simple things like boiling a kettle, what happened? I burned myself. I scalded myself. So I'll be dressing now on that barn. Because you can't negotiate between the kettle and the cup? Yes. And it burnt your hand? No, I burned my hip. Your hip? Oh, you poor yeah. thing. Yeah. And up and down stairs oh. has proved a problem. You had a fall, did you? Yeah, and I had a fall out in the back garden as well. I just wanted to go out for a bit of air last week and I fell. I just want to go out, Neil. I just want to go back to being normal, to being me. Sorry. No, I just want to see you again. I want... I want to see you for Christmas, you know. I just, I just want to see you for Christmas. You know, that's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for much. That's all. And have you been talking with medics or consultant? Have you a date? Have they told you that you're no. a priority? Is it ur- like, are you an urgent case, no? Yeah, but what's urgent to them like, you know? What have you been told by the HSE? Just that I'm a, an urgent case. That was last Monday. I saw the consultant last Monday and I'm still waiting. I thought really this week I'd get something. And you see the longer it's going on. Um, you see, you have to have a break of about six weeks to get the other eye done. Some kind of caught with Christmas. So I really need to be brought in next week, really. You don't have a date? No. What about the trip to the north under the cross-border scheme. Yes, I, I tried that but with the virus going around at the moment that was out. And you see it would be too expensive for me because I'd have to go a second time. Do you understand? I'm not so, not so sure about that. If I remember correctly, I've spoken with people on the air who got both done. Did they? Yeah. 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 Would, you, would you go nor- I mean, are the northern trips still going lads or have they been cancelled because of COVID I think they've been cancelled, yeah. Yeah. I'd check with Noel Collins on that if you if you want. Yeah. You would yeah. travel though, would you? I would, but I'd prefer to get it done here if if I could. You know how the I, the northern system works. You have to have the money, but you get it refunded. You know. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd prefer to get it done here. You know, if they could call me now next week, it would be fantastic. You're heartbroken from it. So your son goes out at half five in the morning and you're alone looking, staring, but not even seeing the four walls. Yeah, until seven o'clock that evening. Can't watch TV. Your your only consolation is probably radio and music. That's all, yeah. That's all. It's humane because if it was a dog, you put a dog down. You wouldn't have a dog out in the back garden bumping into things and looking at it. You see, what's getting me angry is why don't they just bring... I know there's other people maybe in front of me or whatever, but I'm just one. You know, I, I'm pleading I'm pleading with him just to bring me in to get me done and get back my life. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm asking for. And what's the waiting list if you were private, if you went private and paid? I don't know. But I couldn't go private anyway. Because, of the, because of the cost, is it? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. much is it, I wonder? Do you even know? It's, 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 a, it's a lot of money. Lots of money. Is it thousands to go private? 
would be, yeah, I'd say, yeah, yeah. And when did you first present looking for uh, surgery and help? help? Um, a few months ago. My optician is after writing in, my doctor, I went to a TD. The TD actually got me the first appointment because they were leaving me wait until May of next year. So maybe the consultant saying that he'd put you down as urgent means that is he or she? Mm. Is it is it a man or a woman that you're going to man, see? Okay. Man. Maybe he has put you down as urgent and maybe you will get done fast. I don't know, you see. It's just a waiting game. But that's no good to me. Like I just want someone to say, you know, give me a call and say, Come in Monday or come in Tuesday of next week. It will be just oh, it would just be you can't describe it really, you know. Put your hands over your eyes there now and you'll know what it feels like to go around, you know. Just everything is like a grey mist. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, yeah, yeah. Like the bus, the, like the, co- the sorry, the COVID bus, what am I talking about? The uh, cataract bus is travelling. Uh, the text here from a chap who says his father is going tomorrow to get his eye done. Mm-hmm. Um. I tell you what, I tell you what I'll do. Uh, we'll get on to Michael Collins, the TD. We've actually rang him when when you gave us a shout there, uh, but he didn't pick up. But we're, we'll call him and call him and just see if there's some way. You would go to Belfast, are you saying that you're COVID? You have a COVID fear of that, or what? I have really, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Neil, I prefer to be done here. You know, I I, I just would. Well, yeah. you can wait, but it's a goddamn lottery here with regards to when you might get a call, you know. Let me just check with them anyway, and you can say no okay. if, 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 if you wish to. But, um, you know, do you think that there's many people in the same scenario? There must be. That's why they go to Belfast, oh, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Must be, yeah. 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 Okay. You can't, um, you can't go for a walk. You can't cook for yourself. You're difficult no. going up and down the stairs because you've had falls. You've scalded yourself mm-hmm. with a kettle. You can't read, and uh, it's a long day. It's 12 hours a day on your own. It is, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you yeah. do for food all day? My son makes up makes up um, maybe sandwiches or maybe a salad or something for me. That would be easy. Uh, you know? He's very good. He's very good, in fairness to him. He's doing the best he can. He has to go to work, you see. Do you have any carer coming in to check on your... No. Yeah. No. No, no. Just manage myself. You know, okay, okay. Love, I, I love to go back reading. That's, I love reading. Love, love reading. Ah, but you will. It will happen. But you want it to happen sooner rather than later. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I understand that. I understand that. Mm. Uh, hold, hold on there. I'll come back after the break and see if we can uh, shake the tree on this. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Okay, hold on there, Sandra, because I have Michael Collins, the West Cork Independent TD, who's behind the buses that travel north. Michael, good morning. You hear me all right? I have indeed. Oh, fair play to you. Thanks for taking a call at short notice. Now, I don't know how much of this you heard, but Sandra is upset, clearly. She's cataracts in both her eyes. It's only shadows at best. Can't get around. Saw a consultant Monday. He said he will put her down as urgent. She wants this sorted before Christmas. A little apprehensive about going to the north because of COVID. Her son goes to work at half seven, half five every morning and doesn't come home till seven o'clock. So she's staring at the walls 12 hours a day. Can't read, can't go for a walk. She burnt herself making a cup of tea, scalded her hip. She's fallen a number of times going up and downstairs to the bathroom. And she says her dignity has been taken away. 
All she wants to be able to do is to do a bit of shopping. Um, and uh, her 27-year-old son is very good to her because he prepares food and leaves it for her across the day. So she's very upset about this. Um, and I imagine that there perhaps are others like her. Um, what, what can we do to help or can we help at all? Well, uh, in the situation in Cork, uh, I'm afraid that she could be waiting anything up to three, maybe even up to five years. Um, I know that uh, there's been an announcement recently that they're opening a, a cataract surgery uh, clinic in the South Infirmary in Cork, but I, I'm looking at that. I, I think that could take up to two, maybe more years. So at the present time, the only thing that can help her to save her eyesight is going to Belfast. But, but if she says that her consultant said he put her down as urgent, what does that mean? Well, I've heard that on numerous occasions. Origin might mean that she might be lucky enough to be seen between three, up to three years. But you she are, can, she uh, would be I'm going around like this for three years. She'd be blind. Uh, and, and so many more have, have been blind and have been on the verge of going blind. And, you know, some would hold out and hold out on the hopes that that promise would come true and it doesn't. And then they urgently come to me in a situation their their family come to me frantic that they, they're, they're almost blind and can we do something? I'd always try and pick and choose. Uh, obviously, the person that uh, needs a, an urgent cataract, we'd immediately take them to Belfast, maybe within two weeks or, you know, the next bus going up. We have a bus going up tonight. Uh, to Belfast, there's a bus going up in two weeks' time, um, and and that, that's the, the, the or you know that's the, the the system we're running. Um, everybody that's going up right now, Neil, has to be has to isolate for a week beforehand, so they know well in advance that they're going up. She's doing um, that anyway. She's been doing that for months. That. And she's going to, they, on, uh, two days before she goes up, she has to be COVID tested. Dr. Nick Flynn in, 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 in Douglas is, is, is carrying out the, 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 the COVID testing for us. Uh, once they're COVID free, they're allowed, uh, go on the bus. They have to, they, it's, it's a coach, so it's quite sizable. So there will be social distancing between her and others. They always have to wear, wear the face, um, uh, mask or whatever as well. And, um, the, the, the bus actually, it sanitizes, it's sanitized three times on the way to Belfast. The system obviously has changed on their arrival to Belfast. It usually was go straight to the hospital. That won't be happening now. They go to the hotel. There's a st- stream. There's a string of, of taxis waiting. So each individual person is taken by taxi to the clinic for the consultation. When that's finished, the taxi brings them back. That's for your charge. The hospital are paying for the taxi service back to the hotel. So the only time then they have some interaction between the public in Belfast and and the next morning is is whatever little bit of food they'll have in the hotel and go to their room. I've been advising people to go to their room, and in the next morning. The taxis are at the door again and they're taken to the hospital uh, for their surgery and when they finish their surgery and an hour and an hour recovery the bus is outside the door that's that's safer to me than a supermarket visit i have to say in fairness sandra how do you feel about um what what uh, michael is saying that urgent could mean you could be waiting two or three years instead of five yeah crazy isn't it frightening yeah they're like brushing people off aren't they they're trying to give people a bit of hope and then they're taking it away from them. So what I can say to you without fear of contradiction is that urgent doesn't mean you're going to be seen in the next few weeks or months. Forget about yeah, that's that. That's what I thought. Yeah, okay. that's what I thought as well. Okay. Yes. Okay. So uh, what, what's, the, what's the story with trying to get her perhaps to Belfast, Michael? Um, I hope I'm not being too well, forward. 
I know there's no problem there. Um, I, I have a bus going up in two weeks' time in Sandra. I, if you ask on the number, I'll make sure to Sandra. I think it's probably too late now for me to get around to tonight's bus because she has to be a week in isolation. I know she is, but um, I, technically the Kingsbridge Private Hospital have to have that, uh, you know, verbally uh, said to them. But certainly two weeks' time, I get around the, the, the next bus. Oh, I'm what, not what? sure. I think it could be the beginning of December, in the first couple of days of December, I think. Okay, the first few days in December. I'll find out if that's an option for her now in a second. But there is a financial cost here, and she doesn't have it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is in fairness to the credit unions, they have been absolutely brilliant with bridging loans uh, um, for a lot of people, especially if they have an account. You know, this is state guaranteed, um, so the credit union do know within five weeks you get eighteen hundred back. It's going to cost her two thousand one hundred, uh, and she get eighteen hundred back. Um, okay. And okay. Uh, at least if the credit union comes on board, um, should, uh, d- 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 that'll resolve the situation. Okay. You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to see around that. The biggest, the other issue there, Neil, is that this un- unfortunately looks like it's coming to an end. Because We've been breaks, pressing government um, that on the 31st of, of December. It looks like the legislation that has come out at the moment, it looks like the Northern Ireland people can come to the South and get free um, uh, cataract or other uh, procedures. But if we go to the North, we're unable to get that. So I think the, the, the government in the UK have negotiated a very, very good deal, but a very bad deal for the people of the Republic and I've been trying to stress that with the Taoiseach um, uh, Mian Martin and trying to stress that with uh, Simon Coley, the Minister during the week and I'm just hoping that they'll at least survive until we get this clinic open in Cork and if that happens then the, the problem could be alleviated. So there is a chance happens. unless there's intervention or Mihal Martin gets it sorted that the b- bus to the cataract buses will stop on the 31st of December. On the 31st of December. It's very, very likely that they will. And I, I don't think he, he, he either is trying to skirt over the issue or he doesn't understand the issue. But certainly... Well, all he's been doing... I wonder how you think... On, I know this is not to go off politicising something, but all he has been doing is mocking Michael Healy Ray about the COVID bus. How, do you feel, how did you feel about that? Well, I was very much involved in that uh, question that came up in the doll the day that, you know, it blew up. And, and what I was seeing, it was, I was very frustrated. And I said that to the teacher. I said, stop laughing. This is not a laughing matter. This is a serious matter. I have people all over Cork County and beyond. Uh, I have somebody from Limerick going up tomorrow morning. But it mainly it's Cork Terry, in fairness, that the issue is the crisis is there. And we do need um, a clinic open. The teacher says that, and I respect that. It's a great idea, and I'm fully in favour of it. But until it's open, the cross part of it go from people from the south and from going to the north needs to continue because we can't have these people flying out to France and Italy and Spain uh, for a, a EU cross border deal. They're doing deals on every other thing. There's cancer patients going from uh, Donegal to Derry, and that's great. They're going to continue that. There's, there's operations for baby toddlers from Belfast to Dublin. That's going to continue. But they're closing the cross border from south to the north. But they can come from the north to, the, to any other EU country and get their uh, reimbursement. Crazy. That's, it's crazy. That's crazy. You done, but we're doing our best. We're putting in amendments. The rural independent group is trying to see continue. But for now, we've uh, three buses going up to Belfast. Okay. Scheduled between here and the thirty first of December. Okay. And I start to look after Sandra and talk to her. Go to okay, let me just go back to her there, Sandra. How how are you for um? Have you a credit? Have you a credit union account? Ah. Would let me just ask you straight out. Would you get a loan from the credit union and you will get it back? I don't think I would. Why? I'm um I'm a widow as well. You see. Why wouldn't you? Have you been saving with them? Ah, uh, but it's, it's not much, really. Do you have to have a lot of savings to get this COVID loan, Michael? 
No, I don't think so. You know, it's well worth going down to the manager. And I mean, I think you can pass on my number because they're well aware, most of them are well aware of the whole system because quite a lot of people have gone, gone in there because they know they're guaranteed to get that money back. They're not, it's not a system where you live in hope. This is guaranteed to come back within five weeks um, of, of, of the operation. They get 1800 back and you basically are handing back your check to them. And they, they might charge a little bit of interest, but it won't be very much. Do you understand and follow this, Sandra, yeah? I do, I do, yes. yes. Yeah, that it'll cost 2100 You get that from the credit union. They get 1800 back from the... You get 1800 back from the state. You give back to them. So the operation costs you 300 What happens then? You have to go back up again then to get the second eye done. What happens then? That's yes. a question Hello? for Michael. Yeah, Michael. Yes, yes, you will have to go back up. You only get one done at a time. It's the same story again. Again, if the credit union comes on board, again, they know it's state guaranteed up to the 31st of December. It's guaranteed in you, and you will get your money back. I've taken people back up. You're not supposed to go up in six weeks, but I know I've taken people back up. That's like very good after the first one within three weeks, but that's up to yourself. It's how you feel yourself. But that's the system, how it works. But I mean, the first and foremost is to get the first operation done. Uh, as quickly as possible but my advice is go to the credit union or if you're lucky enough out there that someone is willing to give you the loan of that type of money to, that they know they get it back again um, is, is to work immediately towards the bus going up on the, the first two days of, of, of December and we'll, as soon as the first one is done we'll, we'll see after the second one then. Sandra what do you think of that? Does that make does yeah. that work for you? Yes, yes, yeah yeah, yeah Will you yeah. get on to the credit union and just find out if they're up for something like this? I will, of course. Because they're going to get by. And, and make that call today or, I don't know if your son or somebody can bring you to the credit union, just have a chat with them and see if they're, if they're up for um, that COVID loan, sorry, that cataract loan, which would be repaid for both eyes. And then we can book you into the bus at the start of December and then the second bus soon after for the second one. Mm-hmm. Yep, that'd be fabulous. How do you feel about that? Will you do that? I will, of course. I will. Yeah, I will. Okay, and will we um, will we hold will we hold the place on the bus for you for early December? Do do just in case do. Okay, ho- hold on there a second if you don't mind, Neve. Hi there. Okay, you just wanted to jump in here for a bit of word of support for Sandra, is it? Yes, Sandra. I think you should get on the bus. You sound like a young woman. My eighty-five-year-old mother could do it. You can do it. It's a very very well-run system. You can't oh, fault one single thing and it'll change your life the following day. You take yes. off the patch and you'll be able to see. Yeah, it'll be fabulous. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely go for it. The fear is Thank desperate, you. but once you've done it, you'll have no regret. Just go. Okay, thank you. Don't worry yeah, about don't the whole COVID thing at all. That's completely covered, you know. Just just do me a favour and make get, get in touch with the credit union. If they'll do it, that's fine. If they won't come back, we'll come up with another plan. We'll hold the place on the bus for the first week in December. And if you if you haven't even got the three hundred, I'll give you the three hundred. Don't worry about that. But let's see what the credit union say to you, okay? Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Thank you so much. Hold on one more second if you don't mind. Uh Trevor. Hi, Neil. How you doing, my man? Thanks for taking the call. What's well, on your uh, mind? Yeah. What have you got for you me? Know, I was just listening there about that woman's plate there, you know. Um, I paid the eighteen hundred for her to get her up there to get her sorted. And when she gets sorted with the credit union, then she can give the money back. There's no problem. But she well if you want to give her the money, she won't need to go near the credit union, will she? Yeah, I suppose so, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, uh, just to turn your radio down there if you don't mind because there's a okay. bit of, bit of a delay going on. Um, Michael. Yes. If yes. if she gets a loan safe from Trevor, the state pays her back, isn't it? Yeah, two thousand one hundred will cost. She get she get eighteen hundred of that uh, money back. So she just bond. gives Trevor back the eighteen hundred. She gives Trevor back the eighteen hundred, and I suppose she probably have to give him an extra three hundred in all of her own, uh, all of her own okay. money. Just what, Trev? Hi, Neil. Yeah, I have no bother giving her the 1800 So if you never get someone else, get another four or five to the end, they get a hundred short of each of them or something. Ah, that's incredible. How do you feel about that, Sandra? Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you, Chief. I know, it is, I mean, you don't have to look after people like that. Cork people always do. Uh, time um, after time, after time. I always I said, give me my, um, my husband, sorry, my husband died 10 years ago and he was only, um, he was only 40 And I said, just give, I just want a break. I just want a break. Of course you need a break. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're a young woman. You lost your husband young and this yeah. is no way to be living heading up to Christmas. Well, the great news, um, you're, you're going to be seeing out of at least one eye for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe if Michael pulls his magic Michael Collins both eyes before Christmas oh my god I most, certain, so I most certainly will if Sandra's up and, and ready for it we will and we get uh, Trevor reimbursed in fairness uh, tre- uh, great chance. and it's not the first time Neil it's not that you save somebody's eyes no it's not me I just, I'm just the man well, in between you know it's not me know, it's I the know, people who listen okay so what we have now is Trevor who's going to give you the 1800 Lisa is going to pay the balance of 300 so the bill is paid for in full you're booked in for the bus the first bus that's going up in early December and I'll give you Trevor's details and you can liaise and we'll work it out how about that oh thank you so much I I really don't know how to thank you thank you so much well that's what we're here for to help connect people together so that's great I'm delighted with this you were my last hope (laughs) well let people make me their first hope instead Okay, well, look, I'll, I'll also send a, um, a signed photograph of myself to you so you can have a look at me with your brand new eyes. <laughs> you go blind again? <laughs> All right, well, look, on a serious note, job done. You should be very relieved now. And Trevor, you're a legend. Oh, my God. No problem. Fair play to you, boy. You have a soft heart, in fairness to you. <laughs> No, there's no problem. Just give my details there and I'll sort out the money for no problem. Okay, Kate. Appreciate it, Trevor, as always. Michael Collins, TD in West Cork. We'll be in touch, as always. Thanks for coming to the rescue, Michael. Appreciate it. And also, thank you, Trevor, for sorting out the money and Lisa as well. We'll talk again, Sandra, all right? We'll talk again. Okay. Thank you. Pick up the phone. Tell your son the good news. I will, of course. Thank you. Bye. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Happy 90th birthday to Lily O'Brien, who celebrates her 90th birthday today from your grandson, Niall. Congratulations. Have a great day. Marion, I won't keep you long, but I know you waited an age and you're just re-endorsing. Get it done now because things will change in January. Isn't that it? It's out of France or Italy on the 1st of January. But I'm after being there twice. I was there the day before yesterday for yeah. a pre-op pre-op session and then I'm going up on the 23rd of this month and I'm being operated on the 24th a new replacement be a disgrace if that gets shut down on the 31st of December when there isn't a plan in place when I was up there the day before yesterday there was people from Kerry Limerick 
Waterford, Offaly, Tipperary. Yeah, and, and it's not just cataracts, it's hip replacement, all sorts of different things, it's isn't it? Everything. This hospital is totally amazing. Our knees and things like that. Yeah, knee replacement, hip replacement, you name it. All right, okay. It's, Okay, get it's it magic done. Up yeah. the house is fantastic. Well, listen, good luck with the operation. I wish I had more time, Marion, but I don't. But That's thanks all the same. Yeah, but a, a super result there for um, this morning. And in fairness, like Trevor's a legend, he's come up and he's going to pay the money instead and we'll get it all sorted and everyone will be happy. Uh, Tracy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Where, How are you? Forgive me now. Things are moving. Where are you now? I'm in Cork at the okay. moment. You were in Australia for 10 years? We were, yeah. Okay. You came home. Why? We came home to spend time with family and for the kids to know their grandparents and cousins and see Ireland a bit. So they haven't settled, so we are going back. Are you now? Oh, okay. When did you come back? In February. You came back in February. No, tell me when you came back. We came back in July 2018. Right, okay. And you were planning to go back last February, then COVID knocked that, so... But you're, you're well. We made the decision to go back um, in February, and we started talking about it and telling family we were thinking about going back, and then to get on flights. There's something like thirty five thousand Australians stranded in all over the world and can't get back into the country. So you were talking about people coming back from Australia for a holiday. They're not going to get exemptions to get out of the country, and to get back in, you have to pay big money on flights and do quarantine for two weeks which costs 5000 Oh my god so you won't be going anytime soon then We're, we're going in February um, hoping the flights don't get cancelled and we'll be taken off a plane by police and straight to a hotel tested twice over that two weeks and not allowed to leave the hotel room For how long? Two weeks? For two weeks bang on two weeks and a guard outside your room but they've no community COVID then there's no travel community transmission so they have had no covid in weeks because they're so strict about it going into that hotel for a fortnight yeah yeah Yeah, they closed down most of the states so you couldn't go from state to state they've opened them up now but um like i've known people that have come back to to bury mothers and they couldn't get back i had one friend that was three months in cork couldn't get back on flights and had to pay thirteen thousand business class to get back in 13 grand yeah so, and there's no convincing the kids to stay, no? <laughs> no, well, we'd one daughter that didn't settle from one day one, but she loves it. I, I think she has a fabulous life here, but um, they, they're Australian. They grew up with the life over there. It's a very different life over there. And how so, do you feel about, I mean, you have responsibilities and, you know, your children are important to you, so you want to keep them happy. How do you feel about not being able to stay? Um. I don't know, I'm a bit of a traveller anyway, I'm travelling since I was 19, so I'm happy to go anywhere, and I did want to be old in Australia, and with the sun, and but I'm, I've loved being back in Ireland, I've seen Cork through new eyes, and I, I love driving through the city, and I love being near the city, and um, we'll, we'll go wherever they're happy, sure, when they're 18, they'll probably end up coming back here or going travelling again, so... <laughs> <laughs> so when they fly the nest you'll come home again then maybe and then when you get a bit old and crocked you'll go back to Australia for the sun is that it? Well, we, we'll go back for the health system anyway because it's an amazing health system That would wor- the only thing that would worry me about staying in Ireland is getting sick from day one it's the only thing the only downfall of Ireland Well you know something isn't, isn't the conversation I just had there a few minutes ago an example of that you know, the you start to go blind. Your, your Sandra, Sandra O'Shea in the situation yeah. she finds herself in I know. 
and Michal Martin above in the doll mocking them and laughing about it. It's just great. That's terrible. But you know what now, I think anyone that's coming back from Australia needs to know, it's like if you come back, you're not going to get back in unless you're a citizen and it's going to take you months or weeks to get back in again. So this business of not having to quarantine for two weeks if you take the test after five days, you'd be like, bear in mind, that's fine while you're here. Well, going home after Christmas would be an entirely... Di- they probably know that anyway, don't they? They probably That's probably I'm why they won't. I'm hoping, because I did listen to you on the radio when I was over there, so I'm hoping that they listen and know that it is very hard to get back. So if you're coming back here, you want to be have the money and make sure that you're, you mightn't get back in there for months, like. And you could be two weeks in a hotel then when you do, yeah. Oh, you definitely would be two weeks definitely. in a hotel. You're going to be taken off the plane with police. <laughs> Listen, I wish you had more time, Tracy. So so good to talk to you. Take care of yourself. Stay in touch anyway when you're here and stay in touch back in Australia as well, all right? We will. Thank you, Neil. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye, Tracy. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Marion. Thank you to, to uh, everybody, including Trevor, who's come up with the money for uh, the uh, Sandra's uh, cataract. Um, and the second one, uh, as well, um, because it'll be like we were just flipping money back and forth. Other people have come in now, you know, for the second eye when that's being done. There's another 600 came in here now a while ago to cover the uh, supplemental costs for uh, the second eye for sure. So thank you to everybody um, who uh, has come on board offering money. In fact, Anthony as well is another one. I wish I had more time, but but I don't. Anthony, good morning. Hello, Niall. This is Anthony. I'm Bambi. How are you, boy? You know, I, I, you, you probably know who I am. Tell me. I'm the person. I'm the person that taped the over sixties for the last forty-four years. Ah. <laughs> That's and right. And I answer to and your wife and your mother and father and Jim Ben. <laughs> I know who you are now. I should recognise your voice. Yeah. Anyway, but, it's um, good. It's good to talk to you. You're keeping well. One can get it two eyes done on the one day. I will lend her the money until she get it back from the government. Fair play to you. have a few bob put aside for a rainy day. As she's now herself grown up and going, coming down and going back up again. She went up and made the one trip. Listen, if it's possible for that to happen, and to be honest, we'll have to wait and see what the doctors say. It would be great for her to get both done. But if that doesn't happen, yeah. she could get it but done if within... She can, if she can get the two done on the one day, because I will lend her the money to get... Listen, if it could be done on the one day, but listen, you're as good as gold, Anthony. Thank you so much. You you're know so kind. I, am, don't I do. You? I know your voice now. I can even see your face. You made me down, then, I took a photograph of your your wife and your mother and father was that, in the towers hotel. We were having a pint and a toasted sandwich in the towers, no, yeah. you had a pint, but you were far enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I said the mega fella had pump constipation. I know, that was, that was just a bad point, I'd say. I just got a bit dizzy. <laughs> we blame the towers. All right, listen, you're very good, Anthony. God bless and thank you so much. Sandra will be absolutely delighted. Another text to hear from Amy. I'll give, I'll give Sandra 18 hundred euro to get her on the bus until she gets Bonnie back again. <laughs> Falling out the doors of the tower. There's a good chance actually that I did fall out the door of the towers. <laughs> it's been known to happen. Anyway, what am I going to do? Uh, tell you what I need to do. I'm going to do a couple of quick shout outs here and then get sorted for Free Food Friday. Uh, and also to those of you that um, uh, want to win one of our 100 euro Tesco vouchers, just waiting for a winner on that now. And when I get it, I'll get it to air for you. But as you're walking over the weekend, and no doubt you will be taking a walk if the weather suits, a lot of people walking in the rain. 
Uh, send me a screenshot. We have 100 euro vouchers for Tesco to give away as you walk your way through lockdown. So do the business on your mobile phone or your Fitbit. Take a screen grab of it and text the WhatsApp photograph to me. Text 0868-104-106 and we'll pick a winner every single day. I'm probably going to pick the winner off air now at this stage, but just a couple of fast shout outs then Free Food Friday. We'll have a number of winners and we'll contact you off the air again. I just don't have the time right now. Uh, morning to everybody working teachers in Douglas Community School, to everybody at Expert Attic Conversions, to all of the gang at Common Sports Warehouse, for all at Fleming's Pharmacy on the South Douglas Road, Amari and the Tremor Road, Horgan's Garage and Carry Pipe, Guard Engineering in Middleton, everybody who's working hard at uh, sorry, just one or two more here. Oh, a lot of these are punters at home like Morris and Mitchellstown uh, and everybody who's listening at O'Driscoll's Plantire in Ballygarvan. I wish it more time. We'll have to pick it up on Monday. We'll do all that and lots more besides. Have a good weekend um, and uh, I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.